home yeah that about explains the behavior of the obamas and the clintons yesterday at the funeral for george hw bush did you guys did you guys see the disgusting abhorrent behavior of not only barack obama but hillary clinton just on, I mean, I, I was astounded by it all. And I realized there are many really good things to take away from, from that funeral. And, 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 the, and the speech by GW was just incredible. And by now you've heard it exhaustively. So, you know, I, I could play it for you, but we, we've, um, you've, you've heard it by now if you, if, if you paid any attention to it. 
but the the disgusting behavior of these jackals, the Obamas and the Clintons, just beyond the pale. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I, I thought I thought at the very least there'd be some kind of adult behavior that there would be some kind of uh, what's what's going on Matt is there oh okay good cool that there'd be some kind of uh some kind of decorum some, some something that would give us some indication at all that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were even just remotely in any way shape or form remotely Adults or what have if you thought maybe they would they would uh, there there would be something of the sort that that, that there would be some kind of decorum there. They're telling me there's no sound. Is there no sound? Is there sound? Are you all are you all hearing me? Good morning, this morning. Yeah, Ethan's like uh, yeah, this airline is free. Oh yeah, you're stealing my own line. You don't even have your own original lines, Ethan. Come on now. I told you all back in the day. Uh, when when we would have technical difficulties or something, and uh, yeah, the, uh, they can hear me on the app, but they can't hear me on uh, on Facebook. Uh, that that there's not a. Uh... Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that. Uh... Oh, okay. We've got uh, issues with the. Uh... The Facebook feed, huh? Well, we can uh, we can figure that out. All right. Well, coming up today, we've got uh, yeah, we've got my my my, my guys from U two Hype coming in, which is going to be great. Daniel Burrow's going to be in, and uh, he's going to sing a couple of songs right here in front of our very eyes. So that's going to be that's going to be a blast. He's going to be in at eight o'clock. Then before that, we're going to talk to uh, Jim Hoft, uh, the Gateway Pundit. As well as Jim Carafano, so it's going to be two two gyms who are going to be uh, part of the process here. So we are we are right now trying to uh, fix the situation regarding um, regarding Facebook, I, I guess. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, and, and setting ourselves up for that, and then we'll uh, we'll get it all together and and get everything uh, going. Uh, Going for you guys and 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 get things going for you. But I was watching the everything play out there at the funeral, and really couldn't believe that Hillary wouldn't even just even look at the Trumps. I mean, wouldn't even look at them. And and, and I mean, I mean, thank God that she's not president of the United States because this woman is a supremely dark soul. And and imagine if she were president, imagine the way she looks at, at President Trump and deals with him. <clears throat> imagine how she would she would she would deal with you folks who are the are the uh, and those of us who are the deplorables. Imagine how she would represent uh, you if if she were president of the United States, considering that she lost a race and she can't. Do anything but snub the the, the 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 sitting president of the United States. 
I mean, and, and thank goodness that she's just simply she's not one of those that she's not the president of the United States because her behavior yesterday and Bill Clinton at least seemed to be slightly cordial. I mean, I think Melania even shook Bill Clinton's hand if 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 I'm if I'm able to pull that off straight. You know, Melania came in and 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 shook shook his hand and uh and it was uh, and that seemed to be at least a, a, a nice little moment. And it, interestingly enough, Barack Obama decided that he was going to uh, – it looked like he was – that, and, and President Trump shook Michelle's hand. I saw that. But for the, for the rest of the group, it looks like Obama chose to just simply ignore President Trump altogether. I'm just kind of looking at him arriving here. Melania Chuck. Yeah. It looked like Obama shook President Trump's hand. Michelle, but the Clintons decided they weren't going to acknowledge them whatsoever. Bill Clinton acknowledged. Not even look over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, and this was actually the reporting of, uh, the, from the American Mirror. And I couldn't tell whether or not they actually were in a situation where they actually were supportive of this behavior on the part of Hillary or not. But, man, it was, it was, uh, let me just see here. Oh, my goodness, gosh. Hillary was just Absolutely horrible. She was the she was the President worst. Trump shaking the hands of the Obamas, the Clintons did not acknowledge President Trump. And even when even when Melania was, even when Melania was shaking Bill Clinton's hand. And, and President Trump just kind of waved over the Clintons. Even when, when Melania shook Bill Clinton's hand and, and, and Hillary looked at Melania but didn't say or didn't even have – she just had this stone-cold look on her face. And it was like, wow, this is, this, is in, this is incredible how you could possibly do this at a funeral. And then Hillary had uh, – Hillary has, I think – some kind of she's got some weird tick in her where she kind of rocks back and forth in, in her seat and it, it almost it looks like she's almost even uh uh i i maybe that was it mama k maybe she had some kind of seizure i don't know what it was you were i i noticed it too but she was just kind of like rocking back and forth and and, and didn't and, and had this look on her face that was just like I'm like wow, lady, you're at a funeral, you're at a you're in a row of history basically there because you had President Trump, you had Barack Obama, you had Bill Clinton, you had Jimmy Carter, and. You'd think that there'd be some kind, some level of, of of decency imparted on the part of Hillary, but it was not to be found. It was just kind of like one of those, uh, 
crazy, crazy things. And it's interesting enough, too, that you uh, you had another situation where uh, where Barack Obama was in a situation where he didn't he said something. I, do you all do any of you know exactly what he said to Dan Quayle? Because I, I, it looks like Barack Obama, when he came in, he he and had Vice President Dan served a course with President Dick Cheney's Biden. hand, Mrs. Cheney, Cheney, Dan Quayle's wife. How does a, how does a greeting, uh, President? And then Obama, and then Dan Quayle fit into and that? then put a, put a and then put a hand on Dan Quayle's shoulder or arm, right, and then started saying something to him. Uh, almost like he was kind of lecturing him, or I don't even know what he was doing, but it was just. As you look back at, at the, the Bush legacy. But and, he almost, almost dropped from the ticket. And, and, and the loyalty of Bush 41 rejected the advice of political advisors who thought that he had become a liability. And he was chosen for youth, for conservative credentials, but he was hardly the, the best of the Indiana senators because Dick Luger was the senior senator. I was talking to somebody who's still pretty close to him. Still talks to me. He sort of, he, he sort of knows that he he's he's um, uh, whatever you want to call it. That that you know he he didn't. That there are some who you know politically who feel as if he wasn't as successful as he could have been. But there's but people have appreciated how he's handled his. What post, an image we just saw. By- they decided they were going to go back to the Dan Quayle as in idiot realm. And it, it, it was it was so amazing to me to watch, you know. I th- I thought they were going to have most of the the uh, body language experts or whatever, uh, you know, obsessing over President Trump's behavior. But I had no idea actually that that most of the behavior that would be that should be assessed and looked at is the behavior of the uh, uh, of of our. The woman who was going to be president of the United States, or wanted to be, and Barack Obama, who decently enough did shake the hand of Dick Cheney and Mrs. Cheney and and uh, Donald Trump and Melania, and he seemed to be, but then said something to Dan Quayle. I I wish I knew what it was, and also why. Did they have to? I mean, it looked like he said something to Dan Quayle, and Quayle just kind of looked at him. Like, dude, what did you just tell? I, I don't remember. I mean, it wasn't even chummy or anything. So if anybody can find anything out there that is in any way, shape, or form an indication of, of what Barack Obama might have said to Dan Quayle, let me know. Because I'd, I'd love to figure out what was going on there. And... Brokaw was doing something. I don't, I don't know what is Brokaw. Whatever happened to that that sexual harassment claim against against Brokaw? I don't. I can't figure out whatever happened with that one. But he's still on the air there at NBC, and this was on uh, the, the the morning I had a show. Memorable moment in Maine. I went to buy to see him. And by then he was confined to that little scooter they had to ride around because of what was going on with his legs. Barbara came in and she was in her pearls and she was pulled together as she always was. 
And she said, Tom, go over there and sit by George. I'm going to take a picture of the two of you. I said, okay. So I go over and sat down. She got that impish smile on her face, and it was at a time of great dispute with Rick Perry, who was the governor of Texas. They didn't think he was treating their son well, and they didn't like him. She said, I'm releasing this picture as the new two co-chairs of the Get Rick Perry campaign. And turned around and walked out. I said, don't do this. It's like, what? Why are we... Why are we hearing about Barbara Bush and her disdain for Rick Perry? I it's uh that's just so bizarre. But they but they just it just all this pointless kind of behavior on the part of the the news media and on the part of the the Clintons and Hillary Clinton, man. I mean and, and unfortunately what 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 happens is it's really not uh it's really not going down in history as as a mark on her i i think i think most of people most of the people who were assessing her behavior were were acting like that she had every reason to be that way with with president trump i and 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 it's it's interesting how how it's, i think it's president trump who's the one who seemingly is is constantly hazed for his decorum and, and and i just i'm just amazed by the behavior i saw and and thank goodness you know I, we didn't really i i didn't watch the 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 goings on the funeral with i did see i i did see the the speech by uh, gw which was really amazing and beautiful and you know and and, and heart felt uh, as far as i'm concerned she seemed to be pretty uh she seemed to be pretty uh he he seemed to be pretty shaken up and 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 it was a really a, a great uh, a great moment and, and a beautiful moment uh, to to watch a son uh eulogize his father in that way it was a uh, very uh, very sweet and uh, but i did watch the also the the casket and it's and it's entrance into the church there in Houston and where they had the the final uh funeral so it was uh, pretty pretty amazing uh and it and it was uh it it didn't take long it was about 6 minutes actually after the bush funeral ended that CNN was back to the well of attacking uh, president trump and i i do have to, I, I do have to tell you that for all the the bashes of Donald Trump's decorum, the the ac- actions of Hillary Clinton, I just I couldn't believe it, and and maybe I'm overreacting because I expected something completely different from her. I, I guess I I don't know why I did. I don't know why I gave her you know the uh, the the benefit of the doubt. I don't know why I expected the the very least some kind of. Yeah, even if it's just a smile or something that would be, but why would you use the funeral of forty one to reenact your disdain for the Trumps? I just, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, even from Hillary, but it really goes to show what a, what a horribly dark soul this woman possesses, and. The United States of America really dodged a bullet. Can you imagine that kind of that kind of personality 
in the White House? I I just I, I couldn't imagine how that would go. Uh, and, and I just but 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 boy to look at her and she and she decides that she and, and there's something wrong with her in the sense that she she was kind of rocking back and forth in that pew and it was really just she, that that woman I mean and uh, she doesn't she scares me uh, but I, she doesn't have to scare me because she's uh, she's not president of the United States but all I can say is thank God that she's not. I mean, if, if you weren't convinced that it was a, a, a blessing to America that Hillary lost, this would pretty much seal the deal. This would, this would seal the deal. Uh, this would convince you once and for all that the darkness that is Hillary Clinton's soul possessing the White House would have been a disaster. And the way she snubbed Trump is exactly the way she would figuratively snub you if she became president of the United States. That's, that's just, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm actually putting a, uh, I really don't think that I am, I am being overly critical here. And I, I didn't mean to necessarily uh, be that way. I didn't expect to be that way. But, boy, it was pretty amazing to see. And I thought overall it was a beautiful funeral. I thought that the uh, the eulogists were all great. I think Brian Mulroney and his speech was uh, pretty amazing, and it was kind of cool to have uh, him him here as well. And I thought Alan Simpson was very funny as usual, and uh, GW was – was great, and I think it was just a, a very fine display for the most part. But I'm dying to know if anybody knows in any way, shape, or form what Barack Obama said to Dan Quayle. I, I just I got to know. I got I got to know what what he said because Quayle was, seemed very uh, taken aback. He seemed he seemed. Very surprised uh, at what Barack Obama said, and I just don't know what it was that he said. And, and, he, and, he, and he shook everybody's hand. He shook the wives. He shook Dick Cheney, Mrs. Cheney, uh, shook, shook Mrs. Quayle's hand, but then did something in the form of lecture Dan Quayle. I just don't know what it was, and, and maybe Jim Hoff knows when he, uh, when he comes in when we interview him a little later on. And today, of course, everybody is uh, U2 Hype Day. So we're going to have Daniel in from U2 Hype, which is uh, very cool. And he's going to play a couple tunes for us in here, and it's going to be a blast, and uh, it's what we promised. And I'm also promising you, okay, some U2 music. So we'll see if we can remain on the air uh, and and still play some U2 music. I don't imagine we're going to be knocked off for you to hype, but I will tell you that let's just pretend if uh, we were knocked off the air because you two hype was playing music, then that would reaffirm their status as the best tribute band around because Facebook will have not known the difference. And that would, that would have been cool. 
All right, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 West Fort Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Good morning this morning. Radio Free Almond in full bloom, everybody. And we've got our esteemed U2 tribute band coming in, or at least the lead singer of it. Daniel Burrow is going to be here. And we are going to uh, rock it out. Rocking it out. Are you guys uh, familiar with this um, this Flynn memo that was out there yesterday? I don't know why it was the news was uh, I don't know why the news was released yesterday about this memo. I don't know whether that was intentional or what the situation is. I know there were inklings of it yesterday morning. Mama K, I'll have to ask about that. I'll have to ask about the U2 almost didn't happen because of Bono's religious reformation. That's interesting. Maybe Daniel knows a little bit about that. But this, 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 uh, 
this is one of their original. I remember this. I remember this because uh, this was one of my. This was my uh, first college girlfriend's favorite song. Mary, the cheerleader from Virginia Beach. That's right. She loved this song. And I did too. She kind of turned me on to it. So I was, uh, this was way back in the beginning stages of U2's history. In fact, I, I didn't even go and see them when they went to a, uh, they played at a bar in Madison, Wisconsin called Merlin's. And I didn't, uh, I didn't even bother to go to, to go to go see him. But it was like there must have been maybe 150 people in the bar or something like that. And I, I didn't even go see him, but that was back in the day when they were originally. And this this song was out. So anyway, special counsel Robert Mueller's memo on Michael Flynn was very disappointing to the individuals on the uh, left who have been hoping and praying for some kind of for, for, for some kind of break in the case and, and an indictment I guess of uh, of President Trump but, but this didn't seemed to be something that made them happy. And I wonder whether that's why it was big news yesterday, even though it wasn't big news yesterday. It was basically, in some way, shape, or form, ignored, as far as I can see. <clears throat> but now I know why maybe it was ignored. Because they were disappointed because General Flynn probably isn't going to face any jail time and no collusion was detailed in the matter. So I wonder if that's why, first of all, this was kind of released yesterday because it was a slow news day, right, for the Mueller brigade because it was Bush all day long, 24-7. And you wonder whether or not that was the reason why this this ho-hum news came out. Because it, it looks like, you know, and for all of, you know, you hear Kasich talking about how Trump's going to jail doing this and doing that. Well, if Flynn isn't going to jail, Trump isn't going to jail. You can, you can be sure of that, Marques. And what, jail, jail, jail. That's all we've been hearing from from Kaysen and the gang is jail, 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 jail. See if uh, do, do do hang on. Let me just see here real quickly uh, if uh, Jimmy's getting back to me. Uh, uh, Sonny Wilson just has a. Uh, has released a uh, a memo about uh, the support of him for chairman of the Missouri GOP. So maybe I need to get 
uh, Sonny on at some point. Let me know what that thing is. You just sent me this this memo, uh, buddy, and, and I don't know uh, I don't know what it uh, what it is. That's right, Lou. Hey, what's up, Lou? Today is Saint Nicholas Day. Yeah, it's where you leave a little uh, gift. Well, you don't. Santa does. Sorry, Saint Nicholas does. Leaves a little gift in the shoe for the kids. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Anyway, this memo is much to do about nothing, and so now now you know why the timing of it being released yesterday was, I think, on purpose because it didn't show any well much malfeasance on the part of Flynn, and 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 certainly wasn't going to be a smoking gun, and so they released it on a day when. All the news coverage was focused on H.W.'s funeral. So all the resistance, and and of course, probably Hillary was, that's one of the reasons why maybe Hillary was so pissed off, too, yesterday. And and exhibited the most childish, disgusting, vile, dark soul behavior I've seen from her ever. Because this happened to be at a funeral. I I thought I I had seen the worst of that witch, but... I, I, it turns out she has more witchery to deliver us, I think. And yeah, I mean, uh, you, you don't you really, I, I shouldn't even use the term witch since I know witches. And they're all nice people. So we've got we to come up with another, another word for witch. I don't think we can use, I, I can't, I can't ethically utilize the term witch to describe bad people anymore. And I, and I realize that the witches have been known to be evil and nasty in Disney movies and things like that, but but, 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 but the witches I know in reality, I haven't met one witch that's been evil in person. So I think witches are getting the bad rap, I think, in Disney and everything else. So it's it's like utilizing the word puppy to describe a bad person. I just all the all the puppies I've met have been very nice. So well they're not portrayed wrongly either in the in in the media though, but <laughs> Tammy's like, how about Lucifer? Okay. <laughs> or about Hag. Yeah, that's probably a good one. Or she, uh, Sea Hag. Okay. <laughs> or the B word. I could do that one. I did. I could do that one. But man, was that, that, that was a display, people. Oh, we were having some problems very early in the morning, technically. So maybe you didn't hear me, but if you saw that, if you saw that video and paid any attention to that, to to Hillary's behavior, it was uh, just abhorrent. I just, I never, I would never have imagined she would have chosen that venue to extend her bitterness over her loss, and just would, and just, just even refuse to even acknowledge President Trump and just stare forward. And even when when Melania. Shook Bill's hand and looked at Hillary. She didn't even have a. She had her resting bitch face on, and it was like, wow. I just never went. And then kind of was rocking back and forth. I mean, I just. 
couldn't believe that. Anyway, let me go back to the uh, let me go back to this Flynn memo. So leading up to its release, everybody thought that they were going to get their comeuppance to the guy who led a lock her up chant on the campaign trail. Remember, it was Flynn who first said lock her up with Hillary Clinton. And so they were hoping, oh, I know, Flynn's going to go to jail. And to tell you the truth, I actually kind of thought maybe there was a pretty good chance. But he was the he was the the guy that the the left all thought and the never thump Trumpers all thought, oh yeah, we got we got this guy dead to rights. We can we can do this. We can we can get this going here. Yeah, Beth said their dad was a gentleman. He reserved the word heifer for those who were evil, yeah. Spotted heifer. We used to call was it they used to my 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 black guy friends in high school used to call some women spotted heifers. I don't know. I, okay, I don't want to get too far down there. Her her language speaks for her body. Her her whole body language, her whole comportment speaks for itself. You don't even need a word for it. You don't need to, you don't even need to call her name. She soils herself so easily. You don't even need to even need to bother exerting any kind of any kind of energy at all attacking her. Because she just manages to make herself look so bad. It's crazy. <laughs> so anyway, this uh, one tweet from one of the leaders of the resistance says, I cannot express how disappointed I am that Flynn is not going to prison. So... Mueller released this Flynn sentencing memo and essentially says that Flynn did make multiple false statements to law enforcement. That 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 was what what basically the memo says, but has provided substantial assistance in the investigation, including 19 different meetings with the Mueller team and, and, and the Department of Justice attorneys. So they're saying that he's been very helpful and therefore they don't really need to take that kind of action against him. And that's very disappointing. So so all the Democrats and all the resistance went all over Twitter. And I love how Breitbart calls it unfulfilled vengeance because that's what it is. And actually, he, uh, Flynn was originally a, a, a an Obama appointee. And it says... Uh, one, one guy says, perhaps it is because I have spent so much of my life studying national security advisors, but I can't minimize my contempt for Mike Flynn nor my outrage of his behavior, regardless of his cooperation with Mueller. So, so the resistance and others, you have to realize that, that, that he was a pivotal figure in this whole Russia collusion thing. He was a he was an important figure 
in in the high hopes of the resistance to prove uh, Russia collusion, and and he he hasn't. So it's not even clear whether Flynn even truly lied to investigators, which was the crime he actually pleaded guilty to. Uh, the, the the James Comey, the FBI director, and the deputy FBI director, Andy McKay, they even told the House Intelligence Committee they believe Flynn had not lied to the FBI when he was interviewed by two agents. Flynn also had an incentive to plead guilty to lying, though, because uh, Mueller had to threaten to prosecute his son. And also that Flynn was being financially ruined by this this need to fight the potential charges. So he was he was very much afraid. So he can you believe a guy in this country, a man in this country, regardless of what their status happens to be, would you believe a guy would be forced to do something and admit to something he didn't do? Uh, just to, you know, just just in one way, shape, or form, to save his house, and to, and to and to save his life. You know, I, I just, uh, I just find that I find that uh, terrible in this country to have that kind of scenario where a guy is having to having to plead guilty. To something he didn't do just to save his house and to save his son. That seems to be malfeasance on the part of of Mueller, to tell you the truth, when you threaten to prosecute somebody's son if they don't acquiesce to you. And it's another example of how, in my opinion, Mueller it doesn't have anything, uh, doesn't have anything to go on. And so... Mueller has decided that he's going to just grab low-hanging fruit or he's going to pick on some of the weaker ducklings in the Trump world. So he went after Cohen and Manafort and those guys. And so he's just picking off he's picking off the injured elements of the herd is what he's doing. Because that's all Mueller has. Because he doesn't even have Flynn. And and that's why he admitted it on the day of the 41st president's funeral. Can you believe that? And that's not even really being covered is the timing of the release of, of this. That's not even being covered. The timing of the release of this Flynn memo. And that should tell you everything you need to know about Mueller and the ties to the deep state and everything else. These guys, everything these guys do is is timed. Their leaks are all timed. You know, remember back in the day, they'd always leak something on a Friday. Or if there was any news that supported President Trump, remember this? If there was anything that seemed to be positive, it seemed the very next day they would leak something that could be construed as a negative. 
Did you did you did you did you notice how that 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 was playing out? And and, and do you think that Mueller releasing this memo, you didn't you don't think he thought about how it would be underplayed in the news, although it's being played up pretty high now by some people, including me, that it would be underplayed in the news because of the of the of the uh, on the day of a funeral of a former president, Mueller releases this memo. That's that's pretty crazy. So, and then, then of course, we learn that Flynn only pleaded guilty, quite possibly just to save his financial stability and to save his son, which is not the way justice is supposed to play out. And then uh, Flynn's brother, Joe, had a bunch of tweets after uh, the memo was released. And again, it was released. I understand it was released on a Tuesday. I get that, but it was released late on Tuesday. I mean, people weren't focusing on that. It's obvious this was not a this was a week to release something that would kind of blow back on Mueller. If you're Mueller, you're re- if you're Mueller and you're releasing bad news for the resistance and maybe even bad news for your investigation, you'd release it this week. But anyway, uh, Joe Flynn sent out a series of uh, tweets and says that uh, the entire Democratic establishment and their friends in the mainstream media has made it a favorite pastime to lie about General Flynn and diminish his impeccable military career. And the smear campaign looks like it's only going to get... Heating up in the next few weeks. Well, hopefully not. But it appears that that Flynn and some of these people who were supporting him are right, that the prosecution of Flynn was a malicious prosecution. This was a vengeance prosecution. This was a prosecution that was, uh, was done just out of being pissed off because Hillary lost the election. And it's no accident that Flynn was the one who led the chance of lock her up, remember? It's no accident that he was the one who who led those chants. So they wanted a piece of him big time. And, and now the resistors are moving on to some issue that doesn't really even matter, and that is the... Uh, the fact that Flynn did lobbying work for Turkey during the time he was a campaign advisor. It's like, oh, so ho-hum. The Flynn memo makes it clear that the Trump campaign had a national security advisor who was on the payroll of a foreign government. And that's bad enough. And even though Flynn, it appears, has cooperated with investigators the the memo shows that so far they don't have anything in the way of any proof in any way, shape, or form of of collusion. And the ongoing investigations, you know, aren't still known yet because uh, there were portions of the memo that were blacked out, and and. and <laughs> And the resistors all look at look at that blacked out memo as saying that's 
That's it. That's the that's the bad stuff right there. That's the stuff that's going to get everybody in trouble. That that redacted stuff. That's why they did that. Because because there's still hope. The former special assistant to President Trump, uh, Jim Schultz, he was uh, telling the news media yesterday, and again, the media was covering this yesterday, trying to, uh, but but really because of the funeral of HW, it was it was uh, really buried, and he said that the fact that that Flynn was not being charged with conspiracy is really kind of a dead giveaway that there might not be a whole lot here. If there was a there there, as it related to him and others, it would have been likely would have been charged with conspiracy and he'd be implicating others. But you didn't see that. And and, and the uh, Freedom Cost caucus chairman Mark Meadows said that this is really actually good news for President Trump. Since Flynn was a prominent figure in the campaign and in the transition, and that's the period that Mueller is investigating for collusion. So that Mueller was looking into this and Flynn was a central figure. And because he was not only on the campaign, but he was an integral part of the, the transition. So if there was anything that you could find that could blow back and hurt these guys, and including President Trump, they would have found it in Flynn, but didn't. So, so he basically, would, if Mueller's going to find anything, he's got to get other people to plead guilty or do whatever. And so far, that hasn't happened except with some of these low-hanging fruit. But it's clear that Mueller is picking on the diseased cattle. That's kind of where he's going with this. He's, he's going for the downer cattle for his uh, beef. He's going after, the, after that. He's going after the, the broken legs. He's going after the uh, injured caribou, so to speak. He's not really a a good hunter. He's just going after the things that are already kind of half dead. And I wouldn't call that hunting. So he's got Manafort, he's got Cohen. And the only reason he got Flynn is because he managed to uh, is because he managed to threaten Flynn about his son and Flynn was desperate to save his house and all that stuff. So it's it's uh, it's one of those things. See if uh, let me see if Jimmy Hoft uh, people are getting. Is there music playing in the background? Yeah, there's you. There's music playing in the background. Oh, uh, okay. You said seven thirty. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, being the communication business. Um, I didn't. Uh, let me just let me just let me just let me let me call Carafano. Carafano is confusing to me as 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 usual because he's he's not speaking to me in in uh, in he speaks to me in Eastern time sometimes in Central times others. So I have to uh, see what he's up to here. Let me hold on a second here. Yeah. 
Jim Capano. Hey, buddy. It's Jamie. How are you, man? Good, my friend. How are you? Uh, good. Okay, so, um, so, I, 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 here's here's what here's what happened is is I thought you had switched the time because last night I said, can you do seven thirty EST, uh, six thirty CST, and then I didn't hear from you because it was ten thirty at night, so I get that. And then at four fifty five, oh. you texted me and said seven thirty is best. So I thought, oh, maybe that means that. 730 uh, CST is best. You know, who, <laughs> who dreamed up these time zones? Anyway? I, I don't know. And, you know, being I in mean, the, what were they thinking? I know. And, and, and so, so now are you compromised or are you, are you still okay? No, I'm good. I'm, no, yeah, man, whatever. Okay, good. Whatever. Yeah, sorry about that. I So you can see sometimes it's – and texting no is problem. so crazy. It's like, you know, 6.30 CST, then you said 7.30 best, and actually you meant 7.30 EST is best. So you were just yeah. reconfirming Whatever. it was best. So, well, Whatever, thank you. Whatever's good for you is good for me, my friend. Yeah, you know, I, I have to tell you that uh, I don't, your reflections on – yesterday it was so interesting, and I, and I because you're 25-year – army guy and you're a lieutenant colonel lieutenant colonel right was your ranking right or colonel i was yeah okay so uh, you know uh, yesterday i was describing this situation with uh bob dole uh who uh, uh, of course was uh a, a, a in the army and was uh shot by uh by machine gun fire german machine gun fire uh in italy and that's how he injured his arm. But that scene of him saluting his uh, fellow Greatest Generation member, H.W., was really just so moving. And it was interesting because, uh, you know, H.W. has always been described as being relatively uh, demure when it came to his outward discussions with people and that kind of thing. He had a great sense of humor. But he had a different view of how to comport himself on the outside. And I was thinking to myself, you know, that's not unlike many members of the, our greatest generation. They didn't they, – their, their swagger was kind of confined to their, their inner life, not their outer life. I found that fascinating. I, I think that actually was, was a, not just a veteran thing. I think it was a generational thing. Of the people that grew up in that age, it was – you know, you don't wear your emotions on your sleeve and you don't share everything. You know, I know we've talked about my father before who was in the Korean War and I actually thought he was quite typical. My father never talked about his military service and combat time. I mean, maybe he did with the guys, you know, in the locker room or something, but, but he never shared with the family and everything else. And, you know, of course they had things like post-traumatic stress syndrome back then. It's not a, a new problem, but, but they dealt with it uh, differently. Um, they dealt with it by throwing themselves into their work. Uh, they dealt with it by talking with their, their buddies uh, at work. Some of them dealt with it in less constructive ways with, with alcohol or, and other things. But, um, but they, were, they were not just the greatest generation. In many ways, you know, they were a quiet generation. Yeah, that, 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 that is true. I mean, in fact, there are many times when H.W. was – was interviewed, and and most of the time when he ever expressed any kind of regret, he always regretted, you know, not being forceful enough on the outside or not being, 
you know, emotional enough for those kinds of things. And uh, it seems like you're, you're spot on that. That's, that seems like it's fairly typical. Yeah. But this gets, I think to a really important point that, cause you know, I, I, I also have a long, uh, background in history. My PhD is in history. I've I, you know, written books on that. I've, you know, talked with and to historians over the years. Um, and one of the, my frustrations is that people often conflate, um, characteristics with character characteristics are your kind of external self that you show the world. You know, some people are quiet and determined like Bush. Um, some people are loud and demonstrative, you know, you say, which one's a better leader? And the answer is, well, it's not really about their outward facing demeanor. It's about their internal character. And, you know, I, I, I think sometimes people just say, well, this person looks and sounds to me like the leader I want, but what's also important is what in their what's in their heart. And as much as people talk about, well, you know, George W. Bush was, you know, humble and, and, you know, I would made him, I thought a, a good, a good president was actually what's inside the, the character, the, um, the love of nation, the, the commitment to selfless service. Uh, I think that's much, much deeper than these kind of, not that, I mean, I could, they're endearing and there's nothing wrong with remembering him and, you know, loving the fact that he wore colorful socks and stuff or, uh-huh. uh, Loving the fact that, you know, Reagan was such a kind of a gregarious, but, but it's what's in their heart that really matters. And I think that's a big issue today because now we've got the opposite of some people being kind of quiet, right. And us, you know, looking at them kind of somewhat inscrutable, like a sphinx and wondering what's inside. Now we have personalities all over the, all over in, in politics and, um, in sports in entertainment, uh, in our classrooms and people are just, bigger and larger than life. And I don't know if we necessarily take the time to look into inside and see what's in there, which is can be as, as difficult as, as reading somebody like a, you know, a George Bush. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. uh, what sometimes that it's interesting how the times kind of require a certain personality. I, I do believe that for instance, president Trump, who, it can be argued has a lot of personality uh, was it was necessary for a person like that with that kind of personality to kind of break through some of the swampiness and some of that sleepiness of Washington, even in both parties. And it seems like uh, a Trump personality might not have worked 20 years ago, and and might not have even been accepted twenty years ago, but is was necessary this time around. You had to have a kind of a gunslinger this time around to say, "All right, time's up. We got to change." Blah blah blah. So so in this case, in Trump's case, I think the personality was more than welcome, uh, and and in fact more than welcomed in the end. I, I think that's fair. I mean, leaders have to capture people's attention and, and a leader has to kind of fit with the times, but a leader also has to lead. And that's, you know, I get people that look cross-eyed at me when I say, you know, there are a lot of commonalities between 
Trump and other successful American presidents like an Eisenhower, uh, for example, who was the epitome of the president as kind of the quiet president. I mean, he, he um, in many ways could have been uh, George Bush's model for the demeanor of a president. But it, it, it was the leader inside that really mattered. And, and I think that's, that's true of every president. And I think that's what we have to grade them on. And, 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 of course, you know, we've talked about this a million times. That's my great dissatisfaction is we don't do that. Uh, we just skim the surface and read the tweets and then react to the tweets. Uh, and we're not looking into the, into the person's heart and soul. And, uh, I mean, I think you can tell that when you look, when you go through your Twitter feed or, flip through the uh, opinion section in a newspaper and you can tell what somebody's going to say merely by knowing their politics, where they're going to come down on an issue. It just shows that they, I think they are skimming the surface. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that's, that's, that is very true. You know, I have to tell you, I, I don't know. Do you, do you, are you, uh, do you know General Flynn? Yeah, sure. I know Mike very well. Okay. Go back years. Well, because I'm, I'm reading about the circumstances surrounding his guilty plea, and, and I, I realize, and again, uh, you don't do politics, and, and that's not what you do. I'm just asking you from, from this standpoint is that, boy, it appears General Flynn was really mistreated here. I mean, I, when, I, when I see that the, the likelihood for the reason why he pleaded guilty to something that in all likelihood he didn't do, which was, which was lie – uh, only because he was threatened with the prosecution of his son and and also because he was facing financial ruin just in the cost of litigation. It seems to me that that's a major mistreatment of uh, a guy of his ilk, of, of his courage and, and of his service. Well, you know, one of the things uh, that we have been paying more attention to and and um, and I have to be honest, I haven't followed the details yeah. of because it's not my job. I'm a foreign policy guy and I'm working on foreign policy. And, and you know, Mike, Mike's an old friend um, and I have all the respect in the world for him and him and his service, but, but I, I don't track that. But I think one of the things that we all pay more attention to these days because of things that we've seen on Netflix and other things is the notion of prosecutorial, con- prosecutorial conduct, right? And the way prosecutors use the authority that they have to investigate and, uh, and, uh, intimidate witnesses. Now I, I understand both sides. They have a, they have an obligation to the public to be as vigorous in pursuit of the law as, as they can, because that's what they're elected to do. Um, but there's also this question of, of um, really abusive behavior against, uh, people who are being investigated, I, uh, you know, part of that's, you know, like get better lawyers, but, you know, to your point about, you know, people being bankrupted by this stuff, um, you know, you don't get rich in government. I mean, maybe you get rich when you come out of government, but when you're in government service, you are not a, a wealthy person. And, you know, you, you know, legal fees can, they can get pretty astronomical pretty quick. i you know, I've known folks who are, who've been wrapped up in this, who never, never got accused of anything. Um, just got, just because they got talked to by people, you know, investigators over and over again, who have, you know, literally astronomical legal fees. So, yeah, I mean, it's, this is not a pain-free process, which is, I think also goes to the point of, 
you know, we should be very careful about what we're doing. We shouldn't be politicizing litigation. We shouldn't be, because we want to go after our political enemies, um, you know, really disrupting and bankrupting people's lives. So there is a, there is a proportionality and a balance there that I think we as a society need to, need to pay a lot more attention to. Yeah. I was, I was talking to people last week about this and, and, uh, just I mentioned your name because I, I looked at the just going back to the the fact that we have a special prosecutor to begin with all goes back to a the recusal of Jeff Sessions. And, right. and, I, and I pointed out that that one of the reasons why he recused himself uh, had some ties to you, not not. Directly, but be- because no, you're right, exactly. But but because because he happened to be at a Heritage Foundation event that was uh, sponsored by the Obama State Department, and and he actually had contact with some Russian diplomats at this event, and that was one of two instances I think. And one, the other one was an office visit, and on that right. basis, he recused himself. It's hard to believe. Well, I, I it, yeah, I mean, it, it, this all started with a news article which basically said, you know, uh, Sessions claimed that he never had meetings with the Russian ambassador in his testimony when he was um, uh, affirmed for the uh, uh, attorney general. And then this article came out and said, well, he did have meetings. And one of the meetings that they that they listed as a meeting was during the convention, there was a program for the um, foreign ambassadors to the United States who were invited to the convention to observe the democratic process. And as part of that, uh, the State Department partners um, with the convention to put on an educational program for them. And one of the speakers at that educational program, which which we participated in, Heritage Foundation helped organize the foreign policy uh, agenda was uh, a talk by um, then Senator Sessions, and uh, it was a State Department uh, event. As a matter of fact, the State Department approved uh, all the people who were invited to attend the event, uh, at, which included all of the ambassadors, uh, including the Russian ambassador, and by the way, the Ukrainian ambassador. And uh, Sessions came. He, he did a did a public address to I think almost 200 people. And then after the dress, he graciously kind of stayed around and shook hands with uh, the ambassadors who kind of lined up and and, and, they were, and they were surrounded by dozens of people. Uh, and he, you know, everybody that came to the line, he shook their hand and spoke with them briefly. And ironically, after he talked to the, the Russian ambassador, he talked to the Ukrainian ambassador. So was just, they were just standing behind each other in line. So the notion that somehow that constituted a meeting and that him not discussing Disclosing that somehow uh, trying to evade the question by the senators is is pretty fatuous. So uh, um, yeah, and uh, I mean that that of course led to his removal in in his oversight of the uh, of the special prosecutor. Although to be fair, I mean the special prosecutor does have a certain amount of leeway and independence. And even if Sessions had remained over the special prosecutor, I'm not sure things would would have evolved, you know, that much, um, differently. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that's true. And, and, and it's, that's, um, it's very interesting. Uh, also really briefly, the, uh, the situation with China, I can't figure out uh, the stock market is simply is seemingly reacting negatively 
to the fact that there is a tariff truce, so to speak, which kind of confuses me because they're still worried about this kind of ongoing trade war. Uh, are there concerns over what or what do you think is going on with this China-U.S. so-called uh, trade war? Well, initially, the stock market reacted very positively to the announcement. Then, and I don't know why the stock market does. What it does. <laughs> right. We've had a couple of things since then. There, there was some confusion over when the clock started in the negotiations with the Russians. Not, not that I think that really makes a whole lot of difference because the, the confusion was over like 30 days. And look, honestly, they can't get where they need to get in 60 days. Is 90 days really going to matter? And uh, and then just yesterday, the Canadians arrested uh, a high-ranking uh, business official in Yahweh um, at the request of the United States government. And that, that official was uh, um, accused of violating sanctions, sending American products to Iran via China. Uh, the Chinese government's very upset about that. And then there's some concern that that may you know, impact the uh, talks between the U.S. and China. So this, so this, it was originally very enthusiastic. Now they're very, very nervous. Um, you know, how will the talks pan out over the 60 days? I, I'm not, I'm not really sure. But the one thing I have been very consistent in, in pointing out is, look, China's not going to stop being China, even if they agree to do a bunch of things. Um, the administration's going to, I would imagine, continue this policy. Um, and it could go on for a decade of us kind of when the Chinese are misbehaving, you know, kind of bopping them with a stick and saying, get back in the line. And I think we'll continue to do that until China essentially um, starts, you know, following the rules. And I, I think that's the plan. I think it's the right kind of the right strategy. I'm not, not a big fan of, of tariffs as the instrument to do that, but I, I am a big fan of the United States being, tough with China on things that they were doing. They're just egregiously not just violating international norms, but are, but are harming the United States. All right. Well, I know you're in D.C., and D.C. is absolutely – I love – it's a beautiful place. And uh, particularly the view uh, from the – in Arlington National Cemetery, the view from the grave of architect Pierre L'Enfant – uh, who was basically the architect who was appointed by uh, President George Washington to lay out the groundwork of the entire capital uh, along the Potomac there. And his grave actually is interesting. It, it actually, you stand there and it looks out over almost the perfect view of Washington, D.C. there uh, in Arlington. And he was also the person who left a spot when he was when when he was designing the capitol and that the and all the grounds there he left a spot for the washington monument which which everybody said needed to be built it needed to be some kind of statue or monument uh and something built there so he left a spot there and so in 1832 33 years after washington's death uh, they started to say, oh, yeah, that monument. And so they came up with the Washington National Monument Society, and, and, and they actually raised money 
privately with the help of like school children and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, they, they, they halted the construction then. Uh, they, had a, they needed a million dollars. The school children raised like $230,000. That's, that's a lot of money in 1832, by the way, yeah. for school children. And so on this day, Jim Carafano, in 1884, they completed, once and for all, the workers put a nine-inch aluminum pyramid on top of the, the white marble tower and completed the Washington Monument on this day in history, brother man. Well, well, we appreciate that because it looked kind of silly when the damn thing is just half built and it probably affected <laughs> real estate values. But, you know, it's a, it's a poignant story, especially, you know, we, we've just had two days in Washington, D.C. where pretty much everybody stopped yelling at each other and they honored President Bush and maybe for two days we remember what it was like to be an American, to love your country, to believe in selfless service. Um, you know, woke up this morning and, you know, my Twitter feed is still calm. And so maybe that, maybe that recognition that there's more that pulls us together than tears us apart. Maybe that'll last through the weekend. Cause Washington was a beautiful place yesterday. Yeah. Um, and George, George Washington and Pierre Lafont would have been proud. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And, and I love the fact that even to this day, you know, back, I think around the turn of the century, the, the government there in DC, the, the, the city uh, of DC, I guess, or whatever you call it, uh, they passed a law saying nothing will ever be taller than the Washington Monument. There will be no building in this in this city that's going to be taller than the Washington Monument, and to this day there isn't, which is cool. Well, like I said, it was uh, yesterday. It was a beautiful city. It yeah. really, really was. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, lo- I love the place. I think it's so majestic and so beautiful, and. I know people who actually live and work there sometimes take it for granted. And I don't blame them. Uh, you know, uh, I, I like we have, you know, every time I see our beautiful arch here and some other things and beautiful architecture and things, we, we take a lot for granted. And so, uh, yeah, I think yesterday was a great day to kind of look at the majesty of, uh, uh, of D.C. Uh, more uh, less for its, you know, edifices and more for its representation of the power of this great country. So, yeah, love it, man. All right, Jimmy. Well, always good talking to you, friend. Yeah, thanks for calling, man. Thanks for being so... Fl- next week. Okay, good deal. Thanks for being so flexible. Right, no problem. All right, that's Jim Carafano, heritage.org uh, is where you can find him there. So, yeah, yeah, that was that's a pretty interesting story about the, the Washington Monument that even back in those days, back in the, the, the early days... The government didn't reflexively decide to spend taxpayer dollars on stuff. Can you believe that? I mean, we're we're looking at a situation where uh, we 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 have you know back in back in the day they wanted a monument for uh, for uh, for the, the first president of the United States. And, and even then, they didn't decide that, I know what we'll do. We'll just take money out of the treasury and build it. That, e- that even then, they didn't decide that that's the way they were going to go. So even when it came to a monument 
to one of the bravest men who ever lived, the leader of the Revolutionary War, the first president of the United States, even when it came to building a statue for him or a monument to him, the government still didn't just simply dip into the treasury to do it. This country still relied on the generosity of its citizens and of its people. Can you believe that? That, that, that in, in this day and age, the government wants something built or the government wants to indulge itself, it automatically just goes right to the treasury and takes the money out and, and, and will build anything it wants to for, for whatever grandiose idea it happens to have. And, there's, and, and clearly there's, there's nothing more uh, grandiose, so to speak, than, than, the, than a monument to the first president of the United States. And even then, the U.S. government resisted it and relied on. I mean, it was it, it was thirty three years after the death of Washington that they even got around to putting the monument or did, or trying to raise the money for the monument. It, it wasn't even. It was thirty three years after he died. And then even then, they had to come up with a private. Washington National Monument Society. So even then, 1832, the federal government still, even though it had all the resources perhaps, but you know what, I got, I, 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 there's, there's something coming here that is a, a lesson for everybody and for, and for our country. But you have a situation where uh, the, 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 the National Mon- Washington Monument Society was, was created and then they raised money, and the people who actually were looked upon to put the money up were school children, young people, the nation's babies were looked upon to raise money for a monument to the first president of the United States, the father of our country. They said, hey, Little kids, get out there and raise some money for this. And actually, they came up with two hundred and thirty thousand dollars, which is uh, which is which is pretty amazing. I mean, thirty thousand dollars, uh, two hundred thirty thousand dollars is a lot of money in eighteen thirty two. Man, so uh, they began construction, even though they were short a million dollars. They began construction on the fourth of July. 1848. Now, here is the reason, in my opinion, why the why the government didn't reflexively decide to go to immediately go to the treasury and grab the money to build the statue. Can anybody guess why that is? Well, I will tell you why. I'll cut to the chase. I'm sure many of you can guess already. The reason why they didn't go automatically, reflexively to the Treasury for the money is because they didn't have it in the Treasury. They didn't have the money. And you know why they didn't have the money? They didn't have the money because they weren't collecting taxes from the nation's income. 
So at that time, in 1832, the federal government was on a diet. The federal government was on a diet that was created by our founding fathers. The, the, the federal government was on a diet created by our founding fathers. That diet was installed in our founding principles, and there was never a requirement or a desire to directly tax citizens. At that time, states collected taxes from people. If there were to be taxes collected, states collected taxes from people, and then those states gave a certain portion of taxes collected by the people to the federal government. So the story of the Washington Monument and its creation, and on this day in history, the final part of the monument was created. On this day in history, the Washington Monument was completed. And that's why on this day, we should always remember the lesson of the creation and the building of the Washington Monument, which was primarily focused on private money, not treasury money, and not just because the government, the federal government were just a bunch of good guys at the time, but because they didn't have the money. They didn't have the luxury of digging into a treasury that was chock full of income stolen from American citizens. They didn't have the money. They relied on school children to raise the money for the monument. So they didn't just reflexively write a check the way they would do now, and they'd reflexively write a check because the money's in there, because the money has been stolen by the federal government. As a result of the debacle known as the income tax, 1913. And so it wasn't until the founding fathers, George Washington, and even for that matter, the school children who raised the money for the Washington Monument, it wasn't until they were all dust that our racketeers in the federal government, the Republican and Democrat Party, conspired to create the federal income tax and ratify the 16th Amendment to the Constitution, which in my opinion actually wasn't fully ratified, but that's neither here nor there. But the fact of the matter is that began the federal government's tendency and that began the federal government's largesse, that began the federal government's gluttony because then they started to have the money. They, they had the money in the Treasury to do, do these things. And so I guarantee you that had the, there been a federal income tax at the time that they were wanting to create the Washington Monument, they would have just gone right into the Treasury and grabbed the money. But the money wasn't there because the country at that time was perfectly constructed the way the founding fathers imagined it to be constructed, and that was there was no direct federal taxation of income by the citizens. The founding fathers never even would have, would have imagined going back to the days of the, of the royal king to collect money from people because in their opinion, a federal government, a centralized government tax – 
really was no different than the oppression of the of the of the British crown. So they they, they, they there was no way they were going to go back to a situation like that. But the racketeers, these anti-American Republicans and Democrats decided they were going to betray our founding fathers and create the federal income tax, which is a clear betrayal of our constitutional principles and our founding fathers, the 16th Amendment. And on top of that, we had a situation that we just simply kept growing government at that time. Government grew because of that. And, and, and so, kids, if you're in your car, if you're listening to the show, uh, this, is the, this is the strongest lesson I could possibly impart on a this day in history bit. When, when this day in history, the Washington Monument was completed, and it was completed uh, and it was constructed in large part with money that was raised by children, the nation's children. And you'd think there was, if there was any defensible expense of the federal government, it certainly would have been on a monument to the father of our country, one of the bravest souls who ever lived, and to the first president. You'd think if there was one defensible expenditure of the federal government, that would be it, would be a monument. But no, the federal government didn't do it. A, because they... It would have been anti-Washington. It would have been anti-founding fathers to take money from the federal government to do that. But B, they didn't have the money because they, they kept to the founding principles of this country, which never called for a direct taxation of, it, of its citizens. And in fact, if you really want to know, well, what the Supreme Court is, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something about the Supreme Court. 1894, these a-holes tried the same thing. During the 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 turn of the, near the turn of the century, and, and and during the Industrial Revolution, and, and in in attempts to support infrastructure and everything else, they said, "I know what we'll do. We'll just tax Americans from the federal government level." And the Supreme Court said, "The hell you will. You will not do that." And the 1894 Supreme Court decision declared once and for all, that it was an unconstitutional effort to create a direct tax on the federal government. So the next generation of a-holes around 1911, 1912, decided they were going to make another run of it, run at it, and this time by putting a constitutional amendment in because that was the only way they were going to get around that Supreme Court decision so they put the amendment in there. I'm sorry, I, don't, I shouldn't be giving a lesson to kids and using the term a-hole. But, but how else are you going to describe an a, a entire cabal of thieves that are resulting in the theft of your parents' income on a regular basis? Hey, kids, ask mommy and daddy what portion of their week is being spent supporting the federal government and mommy and daddy will tell you that out of the five days they work probably two and a half of them they are working solely for the government 
Isn't that unbelievable that mommy and daddy are working two and a half days of their week solely for the federal government? You're, you're in the employ of the federal government two and a half days a week to support the federal government that, 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 that is based on a betrayal of our founding fathers based on the betrayal of George Washington. And, 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 and that's what's going on with your parents. That's what's going on with the federal, federal income tax. So, there's a lesson to be extracted from this creation of the Washington Monument, and it's, and it's a really good one. And so I, I encourage you to, 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 to pay attention to that and to pay attention to history. And, and just in a nutshell, real quick, before I call Jimmy Hoff, here's the nutshell. Washington Monument. Back in the day when they planned Washington and, and Pierre Lafont laid out the new federal capital on the Potomac, 1791. He left a place for the Washington Monument, 1791. You'd think they would have turned around and and built that the minute after Washington died. After all, he was the father of our country. He was a Revolutionary War hero. First president of the United States, you'd think they'd just turn around and write a check and do it. But it wasn't until 33 years after his death that they decided to get around to it. And even then, they had to raise private money utilizing school children, your age, kiddles, to raise money for the monument. You know why? The federal government didn't have the money. You know why? The federal government wasn't taking money from from your parents, from, from, from the working people of the United States. They didn't have the money. So they couldn't spend it because they were honoring our founding fathers by not directly taxing the its citizens. So it wasn't until 1913 they did that. And by the way, uh, part of that was because there was the looming prohibition. And during that time, tax, ta- the only federal taxes were on vices. And alcohol was like number one. But prohibition was in the offing, and people smelled it because all the, all the, uh, the the people who the the, the the temperance movement the the annoying do gooders were were talking about possibly uh, banning alcohol. Well, at that time, then what was happening is that we had a situation where, uh oh, the government thought if alcohol goes away, we're not going to be able to fund the federal government because that's how we fund the federal government by taxing vices. Well. That's why some people thought there there needed to be a federal income tax because the do-gooders, the 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 people who felt like they they knew better than other people were were they were looming. This prohibition was looming, and they were they're trying to protect the federal government uh, and its assets. And so they said, "Well, now now we'll just then we'll just go ahead and steal from the American people if we can't get the money from liquor." That's how it all worked out, people. I'm telling you. Call Jimmy Hoff. Jimmy Hoft, the Gateway Ponder. It's a pretty interesting uh, lesson, isn't it, you guys? I think it is. If, it, if I do say so myself, on that whole deal. There he is. I'm going to call him Jimmy. I'm going to call Jim. I'm going to call Jim. I'm going to call Jim. Pick up the phone and call him. I am. Pick up the phone and call Jimmy Hoft already. Damn. Stop talking about the Washington Monument.
Tired of it. I'm tired of it. Tired of you talking about the Washington Monument. Call Jimmy Hoff the Gateway Pundit. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning this morning. Uh, Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, everybody. Say hello and yes. What's happening, brother? <laughs> Man. Uh, living the dream. I got to tell you, dude. If 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 people weren't convinced that the United States of America dodged a major bullet by defeating Hillary Clinton, that wiseness was confirmed yesterday with her disgusting, abhorrent behavior at the funeral of H.W. Bush. I I I didn't think she could be any worse, honestly, and that's my fault. Right, but I didn't think she could be any worse uh, than than what was displayed at that funeral and her her snubbing of the president and Mrs. Trump. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's something, isn't it? I mean, this is that's the reason that uh, Hillary couldn't connect with uh, everyday Americans, and uh, you know, it's not like she's working on that. Uh, you know, I don't think she really cares right now, and. It's it's amazing with these liberals, Jamie. They all think because they read the liberal media that ninety percent of the country is with them. We're not, you know. Um, and uh, good manners are good manners. I, I just uh, I I don't know how that helps her or helps the Democrats. Um, but you you know the feeling I got yesterday watching that funeral, not just uh, Hillary's behavior, but boy, it, it sure. It sure showed the difference between the, uh, you know, the elites from Washington and everybody else. I, I, I guess that's what I really felt. Um, I think George Bush Sr. was a good man. And uh, uh, I, I, but I'll tell you what, he's not, he, he wasn't the president uh, that President Trump is. No. Um, you know, and uh, that's, that's becoming more and more clear. And thank God we have a president today who's willing to take this constant abuse so that he can uh, better this country. Um, and uh, so uh, I, that's really the big thing I got out of yesterday's uh, funeral. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, historically, I mean, I realize H.W. was a good guy and I, I, I so appreciate his uh, valiant service in, in our military, in the Navy, and, and his record, and I know he was a good guy, all that kind of stuff. But you're right about that. The, the legacy of President Trump will be far greater, in my opinion, than the legacy of H.W. as it relates to being a leader of this nation. I totally get that. And, you know, but, but, but in that sense, then you know, President Trump, who walks in there with Melania, and and you know, uh, it, 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 we all do credit to Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. They they at least you know shook hands, and, and Obama shook hands with the Trumps, and you know, and 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 that kind of thing. It was at the, at the very least they were they were decent to him. And then I know Melania shook Bill Clinton's hand, but then Hillary Clinton had that disgusting, vile, dark soul look on her face and she's rocking, (laughs) rocking back and forth. And just, it was just the most petulant, petty behavior I could see of anybody. I told people earlier, I said, imagine you see how she just treated president Trump and, and Melania Trump. 
imagine how figuratively as president she'd be treating you now. Uh, a Trump voter. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is. I mean, we just it, we we really did just dodge a huge bullet. I mean, it, it, we it, it's only by the grace of God that that woman is not president of the United States. I mean, it is ab- and it's absolutely uh, um, amazing. So, uh, and by the way, do you know? Amen. I, I know you're not um, necessarily kind of nitpicking at every little thing about the funeral, but I will tell you uh, what what is it with uh, the comments that Barack Obama might have made? I don't know whether you saw the video of this to Dan Quayle because there was some weirdness going on where where uh, President Obama shook the hand of Dick Cheney and his wife. Then shook the hand of Mrs. Quayle, then didn't shake Dan Quayle's hand and instead kind of uh, patted him on his arm and seemed to be like lecturing him about something. Quayle looked like he was standing there stunned. And I'm dying to know what Obama said to him. I guess just, you don't have any idea, huh? Oh, no, I hadn't heard about that yet. I'll have to check that out. In fact, I'm looking it up right now. You're telling me about it. Here, I'll, I'll I give didn't you, see that. I'll give you a uh, – I'll give you – I mean, I'm trying to find it. Oh, here, it's – it's uh, Newsbusters has a piece uh, where they they talked about NBC uh, used, used the Bush funeral to bash Dan Quayle, and they, and they kind of did, but they were showing Dan Quayle uh, through, in this video – and for whatever reason, Obama's like said something to him because Quayle's standing like, dude, what the hell are you doing here? I mean, I, I, I thought that was really interesting. So if you look at the video, maybe there's a way we could get an APB out on information about why that was why that was going on. In the meantime, it's interesting. I, I was telling people because your lead story is about the uh, it's about the Miller investigation. And I told people that uh, and, and your brother Joe is the one who put this together. But. Uh, the, the uh, I said if there's if if you do if you weren't convinced by now that the deep state everything is kind of mechanized everything is done for a reason when they leak and when they do things that the why is it that the Mueller investigation and the special prosecution decided this week in fact the day before the funeral of a former president they would decide to release information that wasn't favorable to the resistance and actually, in my opinion, seems to be favorable to D- Donald Trump regarding General Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe, my twin, uh, who's in Hong Kong and helps me out sometimes, he put this up uh, the other night and actually Joe had predicted that uh, uh, General Flynn would get off easy. Um, and and it looks like he may. Um, although I don't know if it's easy is the right word because yeah. uh, this special counsel, as you know, they, they bankrupted the guy. They destroyed his name. He'll always have an asterisk behind his name. And, uh, you know, they, they hated him. Uh, this is what's interesting with uh, th- these are targeted attacks on, on pro-Trump people. And um, Flynn was one of the few people from government who confronted Obama and wouldn't buy into his BS while he was president. And uh, actually said some things uh, it, while he was testifying before Congress about how ISIS and how powerful it was and that uh, the Obama administration was getting it wrong. And uh, so, of course, they never forgave him for that. Uh, the deep state never forgave him for that. So, uh, you know, uh, it's still going to be interesting 
to hear from General Flynn. I got a chance to meet him this past year. Uh, he was actually in town in September for that Gateway yeah. Council uh, uh, d- conference we had. Jamie, um, I know you'd feel the same way because uh, I consider you uh, like me in a lot of ways. But when I was around this General Flynn, I have, you know, you, you're around him, you talk to him. He's the most decent, humble guy, good Catholic man, good family man, you know, dedicated his life to the, to the uh, service of, of this, this great nation. You can tell this is a guy of integrity just from being around him. And you, you know how that is. Uh, and maybe that's from getting a little bit older. You can really, you know, sense people's character a little better as you've been around uh, on this planet for a while. This guy is an incredible person. And for all of his accomplishments, he was one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever met. Uh, the Obama deep state set him up. We still don't know exactly what happened, but then they said Mueller in this, uh, in this statement he released on Flynn, he said Flynn had lied. He, he made it sound like several times. We don't know that. We're going to have to find out. But they set this guy up and uh, destroyed him in so many ways. And uh, really, one of the dark moments in our history, he's this, you know, the first one. And then, so after he does all this to Flynn, he says, okay, um, you know, I don't recommend any uh, jail time. You know, then what the hell is going on here? That's my question. But my brother Joe, when he wrote this, he predicted this. And what he's, Joe's thinking is, and we don't know this, but, you know, my brother's prediction is that uh, they're going to hammer uh, Manafort. They're going to hammer uh, a couple other guys and they're going to go after Trump. They wouldn't stop this investigation unless they thought Trump, they had enough to take down Trump. So I, I think we can look forward to uh, some really uh, a lot of commotion here in the coming days uh, with this nasty Mueller and this, this disgusting event that's happening to our country. Um, what I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way too, Jamie. This is this is outrageous what they've done to the Trump administration. But now we know that the only criminal acts were by the Obama regime before Trump came into in, into the White House. It's disgusting what they've done. I, for one, will never trust the FBI again. I doubt I will ever have any faith in that organization after the corruption they've shown this past year and a half. So anyway, that's my thought. Yeah, well, and 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 rightly so. And, and the and the real disturbing element of this is is that first of all, uh, Flynn, the only reason he even pleaded, there's a chance that we had an American general, a person who served this country well, and and, and clearly was an honorable individual, pleading guilty to something he didn't do, only because. He was threatened with the prosecution of his son, which is what apparently Mueller threatened him with, and only because he couldn't afford to defend himself anymore because he was losing his house. I mean, that that to me is so antithetical to everything this country stands for. And the idea that it was only because it seemed to be really kind of deeply rooted in, in his lo- his leading a locker-up chant. I mean, and, and maybe that's why Hillary, <laughs> one of the reasons, one of probably ten reasons why Hillary uh, had that horrible disposition yesterday that, that I think is an everyday disposition, but is because the, right, the guy, right. the main guy that 
chanted "lock her up" uh, and was and and knew about her malfeasance was actually not going to be going to jail. Uh, and, and the resistance was handed a huge defeat yesterday, even though you're saying that there's a possibility something else is coming down. But so far, it just seems like Mueller, his whole prosecution is based on going after already injured animals. Uh, that, that His hunt right. is not a real hunt. His hunt is him catching people who are already hobbled, uh, Manafort, Cohen, um, Cohen and, and taxi medallions is why they got him. And then and, and, and General Flynn. So uh, I got to tell you, it's my opinion that if Mueller really actually had anything on President Trump, we would we would have heard about it by now. And that's pro- quite possibly why they decided to go ahead and release this memo on the very week they knew that the lead story yeah. everywhere would be would be the funeral of H.W., yeah, absolutely. And uh, just like last week, the week before, where they announced all of these uh, important developments with Michael Cohen and uh, the charges against him, the day that Trump is, as he's, Trump is boarding the plane yeah. to go to the G20, where everyone knows he has these important talks with China, and then he signs the uh, U.S. MCA trade agreement to replace NAFTA. Trump had a, uh, and I've read this too, there's some great articles out there, Trump had a phenomenal weekend. And the deep state came in and thumped him, uh, you know, as he's boarding the plane. This is how they are. These are these are not good people. I don't think this uh, Mueller is a good person at all. And and Jamie, I suspect that we're going to see, uh, you know, yesterday Napolitano, Judge Napolitano, who is I know a friend of your show, was saying uh, that uh, uh, he thinks Donald Trump Jr. is going to be indicted. You know, again, it would be a process crime. Maybe Jared Kushner. If that happens, I think Americans are going to be outraged because this is something that they created, not something that, uh, you know, some some actual lawlessness. So uh, I I think I'm going to reserve judgment. I hope I'm wrong on this, but I think Mueller's going to thump Trump real hard. I don't think he's a good man. I think he's proved that. There's no reason that he should be running this special counsel. Rod Rosenstein should be locked up. I think a lot of these guys should be the ones in jail. So uh, we'll see, but uh, we've seen their tactics, Jamie, and they're out to destroy this president. Yeah, well, and and, and keep in mind, you don't have to destroy him just with an indictment or something. They'll they'll leave enough garbage scattered around uh, that that every uh, every crow – in the news media is going to go every vulture in the news media is going to go and feed on some little bit of whatever Mueller throws out there uh, that basically is already dead, but it's not going to matter. They're going to still, they're going to still use it and and use it to beat him over the head with. So, uh, and I think, and I think you're right. I mean, I I think these guys are, and I, I do think you're absolutely right about the mood of the American people. Once again, the deep state, and the national media are miscalculating once again. They they have this idea because they're living in their bubble that most of America has had it with President Trump, and they are absolutely dead wrong. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Yep, I think uh, Trump's people are more uh, dug in now than they were uh, when when he was elected, and. Uh, I think uh, he's even gaining support in a lot from a lot of uh, uh, corridors. There, you know, I went to 
Florida a couple of weeks ago, I saw my cousin who, who said to me, I was a Democrat my whole life, but after what I saw them do to Kavanaugh, I'll never vote Democrat again. There's a lot of people like that. The Democrats are completely out of control. They don't have any answers. They have nothing that's going to help the American people. The, all they're going to do is put this country in further debt. Uh, they're going to try to impeach Trump. They're nasty. They, they uh, lecture anyone uh, you know, as, as being evil if we don't support their nonsense. They're, they live in a fantasy world where they believe that Russia had something to do with the 2016 election, which is complete nonsense. As someone who understands Facebook, Jamie, I can guarantee you that what Facebook did was nothing. Um, and uh, what Russia did with Facebook, it was BS, the crap they're pushing. With the global warming, that some of, some, one of the biggest lies in the history of uh, this country is the Democrats telling us global warming is happening. And we're seeing how the people in uh, Paris are even rising up against this nonsense. So uh, I don't see anything that uh, the Democrats have to offer whatsoever. I don't see anything that's going to help improve my life. The only thing I see is a lot of hardship when they're in, when they're in power. So it's going to be an interesting couple of years here with President Trump and, and Madam Pelosi, uh, once again, as speaker. Yeah, I, I love the Paris story only because I, I guarantee you, had these people been marching against President Trump or even marching against global warming, it would be the top of the news. But instead, they're marching against higher taxes and the statism of Macron and and it's getting nary a, a, an ounce of coverage and and of course uh, they're they're and when it does get covered they're claiming these people are all just a bunch of whacked out leftists when actually they are mostly working people uh, who actually protest on the weekends because they're busy working during the week and and, uh, and they're people who who have had it up to here with their government and they're people who have been described I guess uh, as as uh, as Subway using, you know, upscale Parisians who, who uh, use the subways and how great they are. No, it turns out 70% of that country, they drive to work uh, in their cars. And, wow. and they, have, they have no desire for this at all. These are all middle class working people who can't afford the statism of Macron. And, and, it, it's, and it's, that's not being covered at all. But I want to go back really quickly to what you said. I thought it was really interesting what you said about the timing of the deep state, because really uh, when, when they did come out with this stuff regarding Cohen, literally that whole morning uh, and indeed the afternoon, all you heard from President Trump was him trying to talk over airplane engines and helicopter blades. Uh, you could barely hear the guy and, and he, and it's, and it's always as he's walking, you know, to board a, an aircraft and you can barely hear him. And, 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 and I got to tell you, it's scary how purposeful that, that whole thing is. It really is terrifying. And, uh, and, the, and then the other example, of course, is releasing this Flynn memo on the, on the week that they're burying the 41st press of the United States. I mean, it just is – it's the way these guys operate is scary. Right. They, uh, they don't play, and we're seeing that. And uh, – you know, God help our country if they get away with this coup d'état that they're planning and plotting, and uh, then then uh, we're 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 in for real trouble. Uh, these people have no regard for the rule of law. They have no regard for the common man. Um, they have no regard for our elections. 
Uh, all they want to do is destroy Trump and in and destroy this country because that's what will happen. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know if they understand because they live in such a bubble just how much rage there is out here in the heartland about what they're doing to this president. People aren't stupid. So, Jim, what and do you think? They th- knew that he was the right choice. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. The, 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 uh, no, no. The other piece you have here, and, and this, of course, is evidence that I think it, this, this ought to be prosecuted. Uh, apparently, there, there is an email chain that shows that James Comey and others, they, they purposely, fraudulently designed a uh, FISA warrant application to the FISA court that they knew was fraudulent, that they, they knew ahead of time that this was uh, fraudulent, and, and the only reason they did it is so they could, they could spy on the, uh, on the Trump campaign and, and on Donald Trump. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, this came out yesterday by John Solomon at the Hill, and uh, J- uh, James Comey's uh, name is all over this thread from the FBI. I think this is pretty big news. It shows again that they were plotting, you know, to spy on Trump. But what we actually know is they were already spying on Trump long before this. They just wanted to get this FISA uh, uh, warrant through so that they would have uh, an excuse for the fact that they'd been spying on Trump. So, uh, uh, you know, this was uh, this. It, it's amazing now. This I hope it comes up because Comey's coming in for questions this week. I'm sure it will come up. It should be an interesting transcript when we get to read that. Uh, after Comey's testimony. So, uh, yeah, but it just it proves again where the real corruption was. Yeah, it shows that the FBI, the only evidence it had to uh, try to get this uh, spying uh, done is a, a Yahoo News article that was on this dossier, and that was pretty much it. I mean, it was, it was, they had, they had, no normal evidence, and I'm surprised the FISA court, though, went ahead and approved this. I'm, I'm at, that, that's another question for the future: is is who's on the FISA court who who would have approved something like this as as flimsy as this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, again, it shows that the deep state's out of control. They think they're above the law. Um, so. Uh, uh, Anyway, we'll see yeah. how it turns out. God help us all. Right, and then one more thing. I, I know you have a uh, have a bit here. Uh, uh, you, we thought that it was going to be kind of a day without politics, and and of course, unfortunately, right. uh, it was. Um, and, and and Hillary Clinton exhibiting the 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 worst of of it. She's just just it, it, I, I can't imagine her being any more horrible uh and and ben right. shapiro though the never trumper yeah uh who who wrote an article that you put up and posted uh from march of 2016 i will never vote for donald trump here's why uh and, and that's ben shapiro who has kind of wormed his way back into the conservative world uh mainly just by doing his whole college campus free speech stuff uh, but but right. he still is, you know, every time you turn around, there's Dana Perino with Ben Shapiro or, you know, uh, s- somebody interviewing yeah. him. But anyway, he puts out a tweet yeah. that shows um, 
the th- the three former presidents and Hillary and, and of course their wives. And he says there are three three hundred thirty million people in America. These three dudes are the best we could come up with, and the latest alternative was the terrible lady on the end. It's like, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, pretty nasty. Thanks for bringing that up, Jamie. I, it just infuriates me. Uh, ben Shapiro continues to attack Trump all the time. The uh, the GOP elite uh, is making this guy the voice of the party. I'm telling you, I beg to differ. Um, uh, I don't know who that voice is, but it's not Ben Shapiro. And I get tired of him trashing Trump. People say he's so smart, and I agree that he's very smart on some issues. But um, he certainly missed this with Trump, and he's still missing it. I think his, his ego uh, is pretty pretty large, and he's still, uh, you know, the fact that he's still hitting Trump after everything Trump has done shows you that he's not quite as an aware person uh, as he thinks he is. Yeah, I th- I think he's another one of those uh, weekly standard Bill Crystal fanboys, and you know, uh, yeah. And, and as you point out, when Kathy Griffin is retweeting your anti-Trump tweets, uh, you're you know you're you're not on the right side, and that's uh, that's really too bad, man. That's that's uh, and and again, yeah, it is. I, I he keeps you know a lot of these people kind of have wormed their way back in. And unfortunately, they they can't they don't last long. I mean, I just noticed that uh, that the Weekly Standard with uh, A.B. Stoddard and Bill Crystal is going right down the crapper, which they deserve. And I'm hoping the National Review might be next, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you know, we will see. You know, um, but there's not an appetite for Bush fashion on the on the right today. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. All right, Jimmy. Well, a uh, great website as always. Great information as always. TheGatewayPundit.com is where you can find him. Uh, and that's uh, Jimmy Hoff, The Gateway Pundit. Thank you, brother. All right. Appreciate Thanks, you, man. Jamie. Okay, take care. Yeah, I mean, these guys. I mean, Shapiro. I, I mean, I'm, I'm t- telling you guys uh, why you might still be uh, paying attention to this guy is beyond me. I, I I hope you're not. I hope you all, if you're not, haven't been convinced by now, uh, Ben Shapiro is not your friend. Ben Shapiro had the same opinion of you as Hillary Clinton did. And that is that you are deplorable, you're a Trump supporter, you're unwashed, and he doesn't like you. Our buddy Daniel out there yet? You too hype. That's right, people. We've come to this. With our U2 tribute band lead man, Daniel Esbano. He's going to be here. So we're going to kind of take our eye out of the storm of politics for a little while and... Uh, Get these guys in here. And they're here. I think they're going to get themselves all... uh, I think Bono's going to get himself all dialed up and ready to go. In the meantime, I'll take the time to thank my wonderful sponsors. Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD is where it's all at. 
two months of float. You don't have to pay any mortgage payment for the next two months. That's going to be fantastic, isn't it, people? When you refi with Golden Oak Lending. 314-567-GOLD. And also, you mentioned my name and, ladies and gents, you're able to get a free appraisal along with your mortgage checkup. That's going to be fantastic for you. And then we also have, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, fantastic Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road in Arnold. That is where, if you go in there and mention my name, you're getting a free cigar, people. Largest walk-in humidor you're going to find anywhere. Plus, they have your liquor. They have your liquor. They do. They have uh, 184 different kinds of uh, spirits and like 85 different kinds of craft beers. And it's a beautiful place to hang out and enjoy the nice festive atmosphere that is this holiday season that you're going to absolutely love. So I want you to make sure you check that out. Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Right there, Vogel Road and beautiful Arnold. Also, don't forget about Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. That's, that's, that's the deal here, people. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. 855-QUOTE-ME. Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor. Beautiful window fashions for your awesome little home there. If you want to revitalize that home and you want to do it easily and inexpensively and with luxury, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com is where you're going to be able to to find it all. That's right, people. Proctor spelled like doctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. 45 years in the window fashion business. Yeah. Yeah. Supporting me too. Love this guy. He's got he's got he's your interior designer too, so so you want to go ahead and uh bring in Daniel, otherwise known as Bono? Is he ready? He looks ready because he looks like Bono. Hey. Hi Brandy. How are you? Good. Brandy Aaron, everybody. You've seen her on Facebook, see the world famous Brandy. Hey. Hi there. How Hi. you doing? Good. Nice to see you. So, uh, by the way, how, so how are you? How are you tied into the uh, to the YouTube hype thing? How where did that connection come from? Because you're the one that turned me on to these guys, right? Um, well, I'm a huge YouTube fan. Yeah, okay, since forever. And I saw him first back in 2005. Okay, here, yeah, with my mom. Oh, really? With your mom? <laughs> yeah. I love it. We went to the the YouTube concert, and Daniel's band was playing before. Okay, so we went. We Stalked Bono and I got to talk to him first. Yeah, and then we went and saw Daniel and he he like blew me away. Like, wow, he becomes Bono. Like, That's so cool. It's not just like karaoke ish. It's like he really becomes Bono. So it's amazing. Well, so if you but so yeah, if you're a U two fan, mm-hmm. uh, a, 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 then your standards are pretty high because you know like a tribute right. band has to be really good. It's like the people right. who like love Pink Floyd when they go and see El Monstero. Uh, and, and that's why they go see him because they, they're like, these guys are really good. And yep. if you're a Pink Floyd fan, you got to be good if you're a tribute band. Right. And it's, it's, and if you've watched Bono as much as I have and studied him and been to so many concerts, you know, his little movements and his little nuances and everything. Yeah. And Daniel, he's got it. 
So it's and, very cool. And somebody said this morning that uh, the U2 almost didn't happen because Bono had some kind of religious reformation or something, and there was a, ch- there was a chance that they were even going to be a band. It's true. They were really kind of finding their faith and everything because they started out when they were like teenagers. Yeah. So it was kind of like a like a struggle, like, can we do this but still keep the faith? And can we live, you know, God's life but still do this? And they right. have. So Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, and, and thanks for all your support of the show and being on <laughs> Facebook. People know your name and everything yeah. and know you're out there. It's really very cool. Awesome. And uh, and look at you just come out here. You just like walk right out and you take charge. You're larger than charge. And like, hey, I, I'm, I'll be the person that in- intros this thing. So now let me ask you, though. In terms of Daniel, so so what's the what do I do here? Do I when he walks in, do I just talk like? Is it like talking to an Elvis impersonator? Like, do I have to I, like? Is he gonna come out of a Bono act, or, is, or do I? Am I talking to him like Bono's walking in here? Oh, How do you I think I should approach this? It depends. We'll just okay. have to wait and see. Yeah, because I mean, I, I know that he he's Bono. He's that this is right. his deal. He's right. You two hype and right. So, by the way, when is the uh, when's the concert then? It's um, next Friday, December fourteenth, at Delmar Hall, and I don't know, I don't yeah. even know what time it is, but Delmar Hall is a great venue too. Yeah, I've never that. been there. Well, I, I actually the last time I was there, it was, there I mean, here he comes. Yay! Oh, I can't believe I can't <laughs> believe it. it's Bono. I, it's unbelievable, man. What's the story, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing Good great. to see him. Look at you. You got YouTube on your laptop. Uh, absolutely, I gave brother. It for free on your phone <laughs> years ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, here we'll set you like this. Bono, otherwise morning known. This morning. Right? Uh, yeah, buddy. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning. morning. Yep. You, you, you could you could talk right into that mic. Good morning. Yeah, I gotta this give morning. It to him. Oh, I gotta give it to so I got a story to tell you about Delmar Hall real quickly though, because uh, I had tickets back in the day. To go see a band called the Bronze Radio Return. You guys know about the Bronze Radio Return? Mm-mm. They're kind of a folky, but rocky, folky band, and they're really pretty good. So I was at the, uh, it was a presidential debate, oh, yeah. a- a- and I was there in Washu, and it, it was the latest one. It was, it, was, uh, it was Trump and Hillary, right? right. So uh, the, the debate was winding down. And um, and I was at ninety seven one at the time, and I had these tickets. It just so happens to Bronze Radio Return, and so I actually left the presidential debate to make sure I caught at least part of the Bronze Radio Return show at Del Mar Hall. Nice, which is a great venue. Have you Good played man. there before, Bono? I've not seen shows there, but I'm not. Yeah, it's a, it's a great. You'll, you'll love it. And and the REM yeah. tribute band yep. is Murmur. A oh, Murmur, okay. Yeah. Jason Nelson. That's cool. Jason Nelson has. <laughs> Way too many tribute bands. I can't even name them all. Yo, He's okay. got, he does a bunch. Awesome. Really talented guy. So, so Daniel, um, can people see you behind, behind all my I don't know. crap over here? I want to make sure people <laughs> can see you. All your you. accolades here. All, 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 my, all, my, all my potions that, I, <laughs> that I've got going for me over here. Nah, I'm good. No? I think okay, I'm good. He's good, man. He's good. So um, you, you said one of, your, uh, one of your favorite songs is um, uh, favorite I Will song? Follow. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> can I tell you one more story, and then we'll get to we'll Please get to do. what you're doing. So I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's my first year up there. It's 1981. Mm-hmm. I just graduated oh high school, so I go up there. I know, man. Uh, I hate you already. <laughs> even more now. <laughs> but no, you because you, you'll actually hate me even more that I <laughs> that I didn't go because so no. so I have um, my girlfriend in college is this awesome 
girl, Mary, who's a cheerleader from Virginia Beach. Okay, mm. So she turns me on to, uh, to this I Will Follow mm-hmm. sign, U2, right? Mm-hmm. This is 81, so I don't really right. know that much about U2 anyway. Right. And so they're performing at a bar called Merlin's mm-hmm. in, in, in Madison, Wisconsin, 1981. There probably would have been all of I, – I didn't go. Right. Because I was like, oh, but I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't have time, you know, whatever. Right. There were probably maybe 150 people oh there. Yeah, and that was that was during <laughs> the, when when they when their when their first uh, yeah. hit came out. I love one those of the stories. First hits. I love those stories. I, yeah. I get them all the time too. But sometimes they have happy endings. But. <laughs> This a lot one. of times they don't, too. They're like, we didn't know who they were, so we didn't even go. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. What? I know. Actually, my guitar player, um, he was playing with a cover band in Iowa, and uh, they were playing across the street. And this was back, that was on that tour. It was on the um, like boy tour or whatever. Uh-huh. So, um, But they took their break, and they went across the street, and they met you, too. And there was like, you know, 50 people in the club or whatever. They, they just heard, oh, these guys are from Ireland. And, yeah. Oh, we'll go check them out. Right. So they ran across and met him. So they were super nice guys and everything. Then on, on U2's break, they came over and watched those guys because they were playing. Well, you know. That's cool. Later. Yeah. <laughs> so they got to have them come and see them. And, you know, but I mean, when you're just starting out, I mean, you don't know. I know, man. Nobody knows. Well, until... you know, I tried to redeem myself because <laughs> I got the tickets to see U2. Uh, when they when they were first supposed to come here, and then we had that oh. crap happen with the Stockley verdict and everything no, else. Yeah. We and can't they, we can't talk about that. I'll get too upset. I know the morons in the street. You mean yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. And, yeah and they right. and they canceled. And I think I, I could hardly blame them just because of the the unpredictability <laughs> of the situation. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that place was kind of like a trap, mm-hmm. and there were, oh, yeah. there was no way out and in. And you that know area. they didn't have enough security. No, on, on, yeah. at the venue either. They came out and they're like, "Oh, we were understaffed." Yeah, because yeah. the security was pulled to help with the riots. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and so that was so. I did try to redeem myself by going <laughs> then and seeing them. You know, uh, thirty years later or whatever it is, right. I can, you know. So I did try to try to help myself a little bit there. Yeah, I blew it on the uh, on the war tour too. I had an opportunity to go. Yeah, in Minneapolis to see them, and for me at that time they were just a little bit too punk. Oh, oh yeah, huh. Yeah, I was more. I was more in the Prague thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I loved him, but I, and yeah. the guy's like, I got two tickets. Yeah. You know? And then of course, years later, I find out like that was like one of the most amazing shows on the war tour, and they like debuted a song, and Bono jumped off the balcony, and oh wow, yeah, you know, all this stuff that it, happened. And it, I was not there. It was I will follow on the war album. <laughs> okay. No, I'm boy. Oh, okay. Opening okay, track of boy. Okay. Yeah. It's on the best of there, too, as well. But. And, and the one album that I really liked, I just played a song, Mysterious Ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that album was That's awesome. Octane Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Boom, over yeah, there. Right. That was, that was great. All right, so. Seminal record there, yes. yes no doubt. Yes. All right, so now, uh, how do you want to do this? Now, I, I, are <laughs> How you do gonna, you want? Well, because uh, here's the deal. The last thing I want to do is get kicked off of Facebook for, because I always, I always, <laughs> Uh, mess up sometimes. I'll play a song just too long. Okay? Oh, yeah. Eventually, when we have Radio Free Almond 2.0, we're going to get a license agreement with Facebook throughout right. all that, but it, it's a process. Right. Uh, so I'm, I won't play any U2 here. I'll play a little bit. Right. But you came. I heard some. You've got a couple of, you've got a couple yeah. of uh, tunes you want to like A little play medley, with. kind yeah. of. A little medley. Want. Okay. Yeah. That's be awesome. Actually perfect, not the whole songs. And I was saying, actually, to tell you the truth, <laughs> it'd be great if Facebook kicked us off. <laughs> while Daniel's playing, while Bono's it playing, would be. it would because be great that would for be both of us. that would be confirmation. <laughs> That's right. 
of uh, the true excellence of the tribute band. But already right. Brandy has confirmed that you guys are fantastic. Yep. And so this concert is next Thank Friday. You. It's Thank December 14th yes. at Delmar Hall. And I get, how can people get tickets? Um, they can go Just to Delmar Hall? DelmarHall.com, okay. the Ticketmaster. Okay. And, and you guys, because I, I went on your Facebook page, though, yep. right? Uh-huh. Uh, U2 Hype is a Facebook page. Yep. And, and you can... Dano is Bono as well. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yep. so I encourage links you guys. everywhere. Oh, her, cool. her page has got links. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go to Brandy Aaron's or, or Daniel's or, or U2 Hype's mm-hmm. Facebook page. Like the Facebook page and uh, and and check them out and, and you'll see. And, and definitely try to get to the concert because that ought to be great. So Can you yeah. go? Uh, Are you coming? You know, I think I probably – you know, it's Friday, December 14th. I, I think I probably can go. You totally you go. should. Or are you going to blow never- it again? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I was going to say. See? If you've never seen them, you got to come. See, I can redeem myself because it's a smaller venue. Mm-hmm. I know there'll be more than 150 people there, but oh, it's God, a smaller venue. So. Oh, yeah, Please. for sure. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, let, me, let me check the schedule. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure I could probably probably go. That'd be great. I'd love I, to have I, you there. I'd probably bring my, my son, Aiden. Yeah, there you go. Turn him yeah. on to some of Dad's. Uh, I, I always do, but That's I've good. been taking him. Good I've been ta- a long time ago, I took him to you know uh, see all these you know 21 pilots, yeah. and we'd go see... Uh, the uh, um, uh, all kinds of these these bands, the alternative bands yeah. there. Uh, Modest Mouse, I took right. him to see, right. and and took Good. him to see uh, uh, ZZ Top and there Marshall Thug, and all those <laughs> kinds of bands. And but now you know he's you know how old is he? Fourteen. Okay. So now he now they're into the whole. Uh, <laughs> You know, Khalid and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to go. I'm not Xbox going music. to a Khalid. I mean, I appreciate yeah. he's got a great taste in music. He does like a lot of music. Yeah, that's cool. But he's kind of in that, that phase now where, right. you know, it's, it's got to be cool. You yeah. Know, yeah. Be... But I don't think I'm going to a Khalid concert anytime soon. <laughs> oh. We'll see. But, yeah, you never know. You know. I'm taking my daughter to see Panic at the Disco. There you go. So, you know, yep. I'm getting close. That's but we'll where see. She's going. But maybe I'll take him to this concert and get him. Back into the uh, there you go the rock and roll fold. It'll be all big hits. Oh you yeah, know, that you'll be enjoying, and then hopefully he can enter in as well. Now, are you kind? Are you even? You're even kind of Bono's size, aren't you? Yes, indeed, yep. I am. Actually, yeah, I'm not the same. Not quite as thick, but yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the same height. Yeah, and Bono's so, a got, weird. He's a cool guy. He's he, you know I noticed. I mean, Pretty back cool. in the day, yeah. uh, <laughs> even like he kind of did some things even with with uh, G W Bush oh, on yeah. things. And I thought I might see him at the funeral because I bet yeah. he, he probably got an invite. I would assume. Yeah, they're very close with the with the uh, red. Project, you know, the AIDS, yeah, yeah, relief in Africa and all of that. I mean, him and George did amazing things. Yeah, he and seems very ecumenical. To go on, you yeah, know? yeah. So that's cool. All right, so uh, yeah. uh, I'll let you go ahead and take it away. Is that all right? Take it away, groovy, buddy. Matt, we got it. Is there? Uh, are we good? Yeah, you all right in there? Nothing worse than. Not hearing a guitar. You know, when you, you guys hear a guitar. Just for the, you guys ought to do like a little gaslight session here sometime. We'd love to. They might do that. All right. Yeah, bring the whole band in, right? Right on. Probably got to wake everybody up, don't I? <laughs> I know. Sing along. Lover, I'm on the street. Gonna go to the gaslight. Where Jamie meets with a red guitar on fire desire. Yeah. Yeah. 
burning in my room. I'm like the needle, oh, needle and spoon. Over the counter, mm, with a shotgun. Pretty soon, even Jamie's got one. <laughs> But the fever is getting higher. Desire, desire. Woo! All right. It's a cold and wet December day. Touch ground at JFK. Snow is melting on the ground. BLS, I heard the sound of an angel. Great. There's so many great songs. Yeah. There, yeah. I don't know how you choose. You do you don't though, do you? Just you do don't. every one. He had me make a set list, 75 minutes, and I was like tormented. Oh, I, I bet. I kept changing. I couldn't finalize it. It was ridiculous. Put us through the ringer on that one. Wow. That's that's it's hard work being a rock star. <laughs> I know. And you know, it's also it's also to your credit, it's also really hard sometimes to come in. When you don't have your band and and just do whatever you know, do it. It's it's mm -hmm. it's kind of yeah. like you know being a comedian on a morning it, show. You know, right. it's like yeah, uh, you know, it's got to be. But <laughs> you did a great job, man. That's, Thanks. That's awesome. Thanks. That's yeah. a little little wee bit of a taste oh, there. Of, I love of, it, man. Of uh, you two hype and um, what we do. So okay, so I will follow. Uh, you said your favorite song, so I will follow. Uh, Where the streets have no name would be oh, my favorite. Favorite. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. working on that. Is that one. yours too, too Randy? Yep. yep. I want to run I want to hide I want to tear down the walls Hold me inside Wanna reach out Ouch Touch the flame I don't play guitar on this song, I'm jumping around <laughs> Where the streets have no name Oh, everybody, where the streets have no name, where the streets have no name, see them building and burning down love, burning down love, and when I go there, it's a hard one, go there with you, it's all I can do. Nice. Love it, with man. you. And you, and you, and you. So I did my That's little video. That's awesome. great, man. That is so cool. And you know what? I, I love sometimes even listening to a, uh, like a big stadium band like you two. Oh, yeah. When they're, when they're even more 
uh, it's even a cappella or, right. or just kind of like bare right. bones. Yeah, because you really you get you really get a sense of their lyrics when that happens. Yep, and it's really pretty amazing. Most most of their songs, as far as the you know that goes, they will stand alone on an acoustic guitar and a voice. Yeah, without the edge doing all of his magic. Right, right. Without Larry, you know, laying down the thunder. Yeah. and all of that. I mean, and Adam, of course, with the thunder as well. But uh, there was two shows you need to check out then because they did they did the Roxy, which is 450, 500 people. It's on uh-huh. YouTube uh, in the middle of uh, two tours back. And then they did the Apollo. Oh, wow. They took the seats out for the show on the floor <laughs> and crammed, I think, 700, 800 people in there. It was by uh, uh, email. You got an email from... I think it was from, I guess it was from you two or yeah. or, or Live yeah. Nation. It was from Live Nation, oh. and they um, people won, got to go. But wow. those both of those shows are incredible. I mean, they and they yeah. opened like the Roxy one. They opened up with old stuff. I mean, there was like four songs that were all old school, and I love the old. Yeah, I love the. I mean, we got you know they actually gave us ninety minutes now. At Delmar Hall instead yep. of seventy five, so we got to squeeze in a couple more yeah. songs. That's but, nice. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, typically a lot of times our shows would be normally like, you know, one and a half hours, two hours. Right. So we get to do some of the other stuff. But with the, with the Del Mar Hall thing, we're keeping it nice and, you know, listener friendly. Everybody right. knows. But we know. Believe me. Yeah. I know those deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, right. It's awesome. Yeah. So and back in, I mean, because I was going to Chicago every week and I was commuting pretty much for 13 years up to Chicago. And then we went, you know, all over the world. Uh, but. You know, we could we could get away with playing, right. you know, and cat dub into the heart, or, <laughs> or you know, some other deep stuff off of yeah. uh, of October or something like that. Well, some of that <clears> stuff, even I know some things become the hits and everything else, but right. some of that, even some of right. that stuff, you listen to it. Even this morning when I was just doing, mm-hmm. I was playing them underneath what I was. Yeah, I, I heard some it. of those songs. Those are deep, a little deep cuts, right? Is yeah. it the unforgettable fire? Yeah, oh, a bit, kind okay. of deep or not? Semi bit. deep. Okay, uh, that was the first tour I saw. Actually, the unforgettable fire was the first tour I saw. All right, so you talked about commuting back and forth to Chicago. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so <laughs> how, how did this whole thing develop? All right, so <laughs> did you grow up in St. Louis, by the way? I did not. No, okay. I'm from uh, Minnesota. Actually. Oh wow. Yeah, okay, yeah, so I'm up neck of the woods of Madison. I played Madison. Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, different bands, but. Um, it started, it was out of karaoke, so everybody that's karaokeing, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know, You right. just never know who's in the audience. <laughs> no, it was the thing where I, I, I'm a drummer, so I've been playing drums all my life. I used to teach at Drum Headquarters, which is a store that's a mom and pop store that's no longer here anymore, unfortunately. But I taught there, and I played in all different bands in town, Ralph Butler. There used to be yeah. the, um, at the Marriott Kicks. I was in the house band there with Boom. No kidding. Yeah, okay. yeah, I got some deep. You know, roots here, I guess. Yeah. Ralph Butler's less. awesome, though. Yeah, way. Ralph's yeah. quite the entertainer. Yes, he is. Um, so, you know, I kind of, I was doing all of that, and, and I and then I was, and I was single, and I was just like kind of floating around. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go do karaoke just for fun. Yeah. And I've been a fan all my life, so I just, of course, do a U2 song, and people were like, freak it. They're like, oh, my God. They're like, you sound exactly like Bono. What, you know, I'm like, well, yeah, that's weird. Hmm, I guess I kind of do. And then... uh I just started um, frequenting it more and more, and then people were like, "Man, you got to like get a pair of sunglasses and you know get a leather jacket." And I'm like, oh, "All right, yeah, I'll yeah. try that." So I started doing that. People, you know, more and more. I'm like, "Well, this is interesting." So then I decided, okay, I'm gonna 
Look, I'd heard of like you know Beatles tribute bands. I'd heard of Led Zeppelin tribute bands. Kiss, of course, they're a dime a dozen. But I, you know, never thought about those kinds of bands. Yeah, you know, any other bands. So I started looking on the internet, and there was like there was a you know some out there. Not a lot. There's there are a dime a dozen now. Yeah, There's so many of them. I'd never heard of a U two tribute band. <laughs> There's but, a book being written about YouTube tribute bands right now. Is just, it really? Yeah, a guy in Italy just contacted me that <laughs> oh, he's writing a book. Yeah, wow. So, wow. Too many out there. Um, yeah, yeah. So, which brings me to another project. But anyway, <laughs> the um, I just I, I just you know started digging around and I'm like, well, there's this guy looks like him, but doesn't sound like him. This one has six members in it with a sax player. I'm like, it's not a tribute band, you know, whatever. Right. right. And I'm like, you know what? I could do this. I can do this. I got guys already that I know would do this. You know that are either competent enough or there might be hopefully a little bit of a fan as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Because that's important, I think, you know, to to a big degree is that if they're not in it, you know, and they they don't have it in their heart, right. it's not going to transfer to the crowd. So I had a I had a good core, you know, for um from like I guess uh probably 2002 to 2007 8 that were like the same guys and those are the ones that we went all over the world with and all of that stuff, you know, in Chicago. Um but you know, and playing together over and over and over again, you it gets to be second nature. You're comfortable and everything. So it just, you know, I realized there wasn't, you know, the the genuine fake article out there. So yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. going to do it. And wow, here I am. Yep. I thought I was not going to be doing it like a year ago too, but I'm here. I, I'm on Radio Free Almond. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. And and then and then the an REM tribute band. Oh, yeah. that, I definitely haven't heard of, of, of those either. So yeah, they uh, last time that they played the Del Mar, they they sold it out. Yeah. So wow. You know, we should hopefully have them lined up down the block. I'm, yeah. You know, we would think. But. Well, yeah, and it's perfect too. And and you're right about having to be a fan of the of the band. Yeah. Because well, first of all, if you you're going to have people like Brandy in the audience, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and 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 like I said, I mean, if 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 they won't buy into what you're doing, then there's no yeah, way. No. And so you've got to not only love the band, but you have to appreciate the band's talent and creation. Right. So you have to appreciate all the lyrics, and yep. you got to know everything kind of backwards and forwards, and oh, know yeah. what you're talking about. I get you know? quizzed quite a bit. Oh, do you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time, you know, again, it's like. Um, the diehards, you don't want to hear all yeah. the, the deep stuff, and they like the hits and everything. But it's it's more or less we're just kind of a, I'm kind of a, you know, I'm just kind of a fill in. Yeah. When they're gone. Yeah. Right. Then we're right. around. You yeah. Know, so. Well, and people have fun get, too. I mean, oh, people, yeah. people don't sit there and study every note. That no, you're doing no. Every, you know, they you get that, those freaks that do those sometimes. But, yeah. but you're overall, one here, just, you missed know. They love it. Yeah. yeah, they love it. If it's close enough, you know, they're Well, it's they're because right. if, if you're a real big U2 fan, you don't get to see them that often. They don't tour. You can't spend thousands of dollars to go everywhere and follow them. Yeah. So God it's knows. like, and I told him before, just appreciate what he does. He brings so much happiness to people. Right, You know, you right. should see. I mean, just. Oh, yeah. So, and it's funny, Brandy said she, she her, your first U2 concert was, was with your mother, right? Or um, one of them. Well, in 2005, I took okay. her, we went to Vertigo uh, here. Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. And we played before and after that concert mm-hmm. at the Sheraton. Oh, wow. Okay. Before the show, which was, there was some people there, yeah. a few people. And then we all went to the show and we were inside the ellipse, we were whatever, on the floor mm-hmm. in the GA. Wow. And then we went back. And then after we went back, it was insane. It was all. And the fun thing was that, again, we had such a catalog that people, we were going to play stuff they didn't play. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So, I mean, we did play a few things, but then I, was, I just opened it up. I'm like, what do you want to hear? 
What we just heard. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then That's I awesome. picked it out and we played yeah. some crazy stuff that we, and we're all looking at each other like, remember? I'm like, ah, let's go for it. Who cares? <laughs> Everybody's just, you know, off their minds. Yep. So. Love it, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was really cool. Yeah, especially that after because everybody's still oh, you know, yeah, they drugged by them. Oh, yeah. yeah, they they are like, yeah, they don't want it more. to end. Yeah. yeah, they want more. <laughs> now, is is this all you do? Uh, no, I actually, uh, I'm a musician, so uh, yeah. and I've been teaching drum lessons, uh, but I'm doing going to start doing in-home private lessons, Oh, nice. teach how to be Bono. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, with, with drumming, uh, yeah. guitar, basic guitar and vocals. I'm going to start doing this. It could be called Hyped Up Music, so I'm going to probably yeah. try to use everything I can to get that out there as well. <laughs> you know, guitar, <clears throat> I get. And I, I paint mean, houses, too. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. I, about, cool. I haven't met a musician that doesn't do drywall <laughs> exactly. or rehab, so if they say they haven't, I'm like, yeah, well, maybe, right you know, on, maybe you're not. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm, you're, you're a guy after the hearts <laughs> of many people listen here because everybody works, works hard and, and doesn't take anything about. for granted. No. I you know, I, the guitar thing I get, you know, the one mystery to me has always been the drums. Oh. And, and, and I, because I remember when I was, uh, when, when I was a kid and mm-hmm. I, I, started like the snare drum yeah okay and, and before <laughs> that was the trumpet and okay. and each time it was always too loud oh uh, yeah to, you know for and, everybody or yeah for it was, it was, no <laughs> for everybody else yeah, so i had right. to kind of annoying i couldn't really do it and and then if i then i had like right. i it, then it was kind of cool to have the drum sticks and the drum pad yes you know Indeed. even though you didn't play but at least as long as you were like oh, pounding yeah. on the pad you were cool you know exactly like yeah. i'm gonna play drums someday yeah. i'm just putting it on this pad <laughs> that's now. right yeah yeah so anyway, but but when I watch a drummer, I still can't figure that. I mean, that's like a, I, I know people can learn how to play a guitar, and mm-hmm. I know guitar's not easy either. No, but no, I but struggle. drumming to me, I watch a drummer, I go, "How in the hell mm-hmm. do they do that?" Yeah. And, and, and for the extended period of time, yeah. they sure. do do that. Right, yeah. right. It's like anything; uh, it's repetition. You know, the, of of the correct way. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want to get hurt and have surgeries later on in life, but. Which I've not, um, but it's just the repetition of it. And yeah. I, I mean, I've I've taught as young as like four year olds, and I've taught as old as like sixty plus, you know. And so there's all different levels. But I have to say, <laughs> as far as what my experience has shown, is some people do not have that innate yeah, right. you don't, sense of rhythm. Yeah, right. And you can't teach it to them. Oh, that, really? So you so that's so there's some people that just don't. Yeah, I just, right. You know, God just like nope. You're not it. <laughs> right. I don't know why, but I was about to say you could probably teach somebody who doesn't necessarily have rhythm. You could teach them guitar, but but the but the yeah, you still gotta you know still gotta have gotta some be, kind of move, right? It's gotta be in time, or it's it's yeah. not gonna work for your own enjoyment. Yeah, go ahead, go yeah. to the basement and go crazy. Right. Turn it on eleven. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Get a fifteen piece drum set and right. just bang on everything. But you know, just yeah. If you want to play in a band, learn a disco beat and play it for. You know, three minutes without moving. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's well, what it's about. I always think the drummers, although although I know, you know, you, you got Keith Moon, you've got Ringo Starr, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you've got Charlie Watts, right. and, and you've got all these guys who you can think about uh, who uh, play the drums, but but it, I think drummers sometimes are actually underrated. Oh, uh, totally. Uh, yeah. a, a large part. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a drummer. I'm, it's true. It's definitely yeah. true. And. I think what happens later on is after the band's been around for thirty years or whatever, they're like they realize, oh my god, that drum part was the yeah. was the song. Yeah, like in the air tonight, for example. Yeah, Phil Collins. I was about to say Phil Collins. Everybody in the world knows that Phil. 
Even yeah. if, I mean, maybe if they don't quite even have rhythm, they can almost probably get it. Right. Yeah. Everybody well, knows it. Some people forget that Phil Collins is even a drummer, which I think is a, is wow. In, in, this is incredible. Like tel- you know? Telepathy right yeah. here. Because yeah. That's my next project. Oh, really? Yeah. And you talk about a challenge is that <laughs> I get to teach myself how to play left-handed drums. I've been playing right-handed for 30 years, but I'm going to do a Phil Collins Genesis tribute band. Oh, that would be it's great, It's out there man. now, people. No I mean, taking it back. Uh, well, cause, because I am, a, yeah. I am a huge Genesis fan. Yeah, there you go. And, and, and in fact, I didn't know. when Peter Gabriel fronted the band, I, I, I thought, I go yeah. all the way back to yeah. uh, Frith of the Firth or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I go all the way back to that, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, keep your mowing blade sharp. Oh, I, I know all the. Those are all from my old old right. days. And Genesis is a great. They're Incredible. a great band. Yep. Man. So I'm putting. I'm assembling a uh, a list. Uh, you know, band wow. together, and God help me, I gotta like debono myself and turn into Phil. So, so you're saying though, to in order to in order to uh, oh, okay, so he's left-handed. Okay, that's he's left-handed. So, but but that's not a requirement to sing at the same no, time, correct? No, yeah. no, and he doesn't sing um, when he's drumming much at all. I mean, you know, with Genesis. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, when Peter was in the band, of course he did, but yeah, when he came out front, then he just goes back and plays, gets to play, you know. Yeah. Between. So, but I, I mean, dude, I gotta. It's, you know, you talk about, you're wondering how drummers do their thing. I, yeah. I got to change everything I've been doing for 30 plus yeah. years to this way. Wow. Yeah. And, I, and I can't imagine, I mean. And, and, just, and then the singing as well. Too. The singing is, yeah, I, I can't believe you can drum and sing at the same time. That was always just uh, unbelievable yeah. to me. So. Yeah, I've always done a little bit of that too, like in high school bands and stuff. Believe yeah. it or not, I used to, I, um, I don't know, what we, Van Halen, I don't know, some crazy stuff I used yeah. to sing behind the drums. So who do you think is uh, well? I'll, I'll get back to the U two thing in a second. But That's who, all right. Who, who do you, you want to do? Who do you think is the best drummer ever? Like a Buddy Rich type Ooh. or somebody? Uh, that's uh, a hard question. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, Buddy of course is yeah classic, is, right? Yeah, a given. Um, for I, and there's so many. It's so hard to name anybody that's the best. There really is. I the know. Best, yeah, you know? yeah. But I'll give you some of my tops. Um, well, what I grew up. You know, I grew up because I have rock roots, but I love jazz. And I went to um, school at Musicians Institute, which is in Hollywood, California, back in the 80s, 86 to 87. I was there. And that's when I got in, introduced to all the, well, St. Louis's own Dave Weckl. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Played with Chick Corea at the time. Oh, wow. He's going to be back uh, at BB's in March, too, playing with um, a different artists. Yeah. There. But, um, all got, got introduced to kind of all those guys. Jeff Picaro from Toto, who's a session guy. Was, he was on Steely Dan Records. Oh, wow. All those session kind of guys. Yeah. I really wasn't. But, like, if I rattle off some names, it would have to. The reason I started was Peter Chris, credit where credit is due, from Kiss. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kiss Alive album. That blew my mind. And I was like, I, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to play those kinds of drums. And um, then Neil Peart. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Copeland. Oh, yeah. Um, Phil Collins. Um but the the guy that I always just has never ceased to blow my mind is Vinny Caliuta. He's been with Sting oh, for yeah. 11, 12, 13 years, whatever. Yeah. But he played with Zappa back in the day. Oh, wow. He's on everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's he's great. He's one of those guys. That's cool. That just, he was with, last time he was through, he was, uh, he was with Herbie Cancock at uh, oh, yeah. Powell. And, um, you know, he's just, yeah. he, can, he can chameleon into any drummer. Right on. And just, I mean, kill it. And then he's always... You know, coming up with something new too. So, but Steve Smith from Journey, he's unbelievable. Um, 
Yeah. There's so many. Right. You know, Especially know. In, in playing that's, with that's Zappa. That's a few anyway. Zappa's like all over the map, man. Oh, you yeah. got to really keep up with that dude. Yeah, there's he got that audition. Um, it was It's a funny story, but basically... Let's put it this way: when he when he was auditioning, he was eating um, Chinese food with one hand, playing and reading a chart he'd never read, read before. Wow! With the other one, that's like and smoking, I think too. As well. And smoking, yeah. that's awesome. So I think that's he was like, oh yeah, this guy can handle it. Yeah, probably. yeah. I mean, he was he can read anything. It's just yeah. You sneeze on a right on page, and he's like, okay. <laughs> well, and Stuart Copeland, I like him. I, the, I like oh, him so much. I went out. And I, actually, him. he does. He has some single albums. Yeah, yeah. Where he's I gone out him. like to Africa and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Rhythmatist is. I a got great a vinyl one. still. Oh, you do? I do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Rhythmatist is awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. He goes out and gets all these little samples. I got from the VHS of that too. I think the jungle. Well. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. man. That was awesome. When he went so, to Africa and did all that stuff. Yeah, I know. So cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So have you ever... So now, uh, would your goal, like, like what would, like, if <laughs> you, to meet Bono or... Like, I met him, yeah. You did meet him. Yeah. Did, I, did you say that already or did I miss it? I did not say okay, that. Okay, all right. Sorry. No, I, I, I always check myself. Nobody dropped that name yet. <laughs> I dropped it. I met him too. <laughs> oh, you did, you did yeah, too? I met him as well. Yeah, my so mom I, was there. She yelled at the edge. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yelled, like, scolded him? Yeah, she's like, stand still. I need a picture. And he's oh. like... Well, if the mama says stand still, <laughs> that's awesome. So, wh- how did you meet him? Uh, uh, b- both t- you guys same were thing. close together. Well, no, no. no my, I met him in 05 at Soundcheck. Okay, in Vertigo. So, St. Louis coming in, right? Yep. And I would have met him because there was only a few people there, right? It was yeah, maybe like waiting. There was nobody there. It was cold. No, as, it was no. December. Yeah, yeah, cold. Yeah, up. but I was loading in for our gig. And some friends of mine went by, and they're like, "Yeah, they're you know they're loading in. We're going back to the dock because that's what you do if you're in the jail. It's a whole process. Yeah, believe yeah. Me, believe me, it's a, you t- it takes a day and a I got month you. to do all this. But you're in the GA line. You got your number. Mm-hmm. But then when they come in for sound check around three thirty four, you leave the line, and hopefully you've made good friends with everybody around that they'll let you back in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you go meet the band, and then you're you know, 572 <laughs> yeah. at the end and used to be 27, yeah. Yeah, but you right. camped overnight on 14th street, <laughs> yeah, which right. I did it's, do it's on the elevation yeah. tour. But, um, yep. so then, you know, you get back in, but mine was in Vegas and I'd been trying to get that money shot with him. You know, I hadn't really even, it was funny because I hadn't, the band hadn't actually, you know, formally been a band yet, but I was running around with business cards that I'd printed up at Kinko's and handing them out in the, Line and see, and I've got the, looking like this. Yeah, saying I got the best U two tribute band you'd ever hear. Boom, boom, boom! All in. And I went to like eleven shows on Elevation or whatever it was, you know, all over the place. Yeah, and so um, in Vegas, we just happened to run across the plane where the plane was, and it was uh, the lights are on and the engines running and and the, and the <laughs> steps are down. So I'm like, well, they're either coming or they're going to take <laughs> off. So you know. So we followed the fence down to um, the executive terminal at McCarran Field, and lo and behold, there was about you know ten or twelve, probably the disciples, I guess, whatever. They were there, and they're like, "Yeah, that's you know, they're actually they you know they just came to the terminal, and they're I'm like, really, yeah." So then it ended up I took a nap for like a couple hours, and then about three four in the morning, bang bang banging on the car, they're like, "There, here they come!" So wow, we got out. What's cool though is actually I met Larry first. So Larry got out of the, and Larry really doesn't, I mean, he does, he doesn't he's come friendly, out, but hardly ever. he did not meet any fans on the last tour at mm-hmm. all. 
I think he's really? just over it completely. That's his thing. Yeah, and he's always been a little bit. He's mm-hmm. if anyone you don't meet, it's Larry. Yep. Yeah. So when you meet, if you meet, it's like, oh my god, you met Larry. Yeah. <laughs> but so he was the first, and I'm a drummer, so it was yeah, cool. right, first right, thing, right away. I mean, he he said, how you doing, Bono? And I said, yeah, I'm a drummer actually. And I said, I love your drumming and you know whatever. And um, then the Edge and Adam, they just went through and waved out of the car, and then so I'm like, well. There's either he snuck in another way or it's typical Bono, he's late and they're trying to find him out of a casino or whatever. <laughs> and that's, the, that's what it was. And so then he came and uh, got, to, got to meet him. Got some pretty cool pictures, too. Nice. Yeah. Uh, on a disposable camera, mind oh, you. So yeah, right. Worked on a little bit, but... And, and, that, and, and what is he... So he likes to go to gamble or something? Is that well, the deal? Out, the, the, man, oh, just, just out and about in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Vegas, right. Yeah, you were in Vegas. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, so... All right, so... But it was so, cool. And then he did... Awesome, he did... Um, he autographed... I had a leather jacket on. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty funny because his, his, um, his bodyguard, security guard... Yeah, he had seen me at all these other shows, you know, in the front row and at the sound checks and trying to meet him and all that stuff. And he he really can't like set up a meeting, you know, yeah, with me or anything. But he was just trying to help, you know, if it worked out. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. all for it because he was like freaking out. It's like, dude, you could just be a double for us if you, you know, want to. Like, um, yeah, I'm for hire. Actually, <laughs> I'm ready to go. But um, so I, I when I met Bono and I, you know, gave him a big hug and I said, love your music and you know, been a fan, you know, forever. Yeah. blah blah blah. And um, and I said, would you mind? Could you could you sign my jacket? And he's like, oh sure, mate. Bend over. And I'm like, okay. So I'm bending over. I got a picture of the security guard, huge smile on his face. Me bent over, <laughs> Bono on top of me, signed wow. my jacket, and he so signed cool. it. I am Bono. Nice. And that was it. From then on, I was wow. like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, so, that's so kinda, he, it's so, hanging in the basement, you know. So he's he's a mute. He likes the, oh, the yeah. tribute thing, of course. He you know? pulled up. Ugh. This always is a little, a little hard spot on me, a little, little hard spot to admit, but he pulled up a, a complete tribute band in, in uh, Canada a couple tours back, except for the Edge. Edge stayed on stage, but the other three got off stage and turned everything over to the tribute band wow. in Canada. And um, then he also pulled up another Bono guy from L.A. on Sweetest Thing and let him sing like half of the song he's like where's bono i saw bono here earlier where's he at where's he at bring him up so yeah he did that so i've tried but it's not happened yet so one of these um, days brother maybe yeah if if they hang around (laughs) but yeah it would be cool i mean we were close in chicago actually we had the whole band ready to go um and we were just like waiting on the word from one of the yeah one of the security guys and then he said if it happens it's gonna be after this song so we're all like what are we going to play? You know, we're thinking, oh my God, what do we play? What do we play? Yeah. And then, um, then he came back by and, and he just shook his head. He's like, sorry, you know, what wow. happened? So, so close. Yeah. yeah. No, but no they do, they've been doing it forever. I mean, yeah. Bono's been like, anybody want to play my red guitar? <laughs> you know, in, since the eighties. Well, you need to, you then, then just peel off a clip of, uh, of this, uh, this, uh, show and send it to somebody. Oh, yeah. What you got to do is you oh, just take it off of Facebook or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can send them an MP3, but the visual would be, yeah, yeah, would be the sure. best. So. Yeah, All right, man. Well, so, okay, believing. December 14th, Del Mar Hall. <laughs> yep. It is you two hype. We're first. Uh, uh, you're first. And, and then, then R.E.M. R.E.M. Uh, Murmur. Murmur. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm going to try to go, man, because I, I, I got to figure that out. Yeah. But, but um, It'll be fun. It seems like fun. it's 
kind of right. To, I like that time of December because mm-hmm. it's kind of like there's really a little earlier, not quite yeah, into the holidays. Exactly. Hopefully. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so Friday night, next Friday night, uh, mm-hmm. and and then you can get tickets at Delmar Hall at, the, at their website, yep. and make sure you go to the YouTube Hype Facebook page, Daniel's Facebook yep. page. You'll see everything there. Brandy's Brandy Aaron's Facebook page is there too, and she can if if, if you if you can't find it, she'll we're friends on Facebook. Yep. So. Message me, I'll get it to you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, you guys, and 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 make sure you like the page we're and all friends. and give these guys all the support you can possibly Please. give them because because uh, it's awesome, and I, I love the fact that we can spend so much time just. Talking, yeah, you know, man. it's fantastic. Awesome, you know, music Thanks of course is wonderful talking. anyway, as you know, and brings everybody yeah. together. And yep. it's, mm-hmm. Everybody knows a little bit about something. Yeah, when it comes to music, yeah. so it's a very common denominator kind of thing. Right on, bro. I, I Uber actually, I YouTuber, and <laughs> when I get people in the car, I've got two promos on the back of the headrest for the Delmar Hall show, and so some they'll be like, "Oh, what's that?" Open door, man. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And then if they're a fan, forget about it. Yeah. You know? Or if by chance they looked at my profile in Uber, it says bottle impersonator for 18 years. You know, I don't know about it. it. So yeah, they'll request you for the next well, YouTube concert, but you won't be Ubering YouTuber. on the YouTube night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Not. I'm. You know, I'm a YouTube. I'm a Uber driver also, but I don't drive. I, don't I, I did it. I did it only to, so I could say I'm an Uber driver. Yeah. Right. And I and I right. did. I became an Uber driver. I did one. Uh, no, I did like two trips, oh, okay. and, 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 I, and it happened to be to the airport, oh, yeah. which, which apparently at that time was forbidden anyway. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because oh. apparently you get, but, but I did. I, I took a couple of people. I think I made like 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. And I took, and I, just to say I could do it, and it was yep. the one time my car was clean because it hasn't there been cleaned go. since. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then so I, I, I took these people to the airport. You can't do that. I go, well, I know what you do then <laughs> is all you have to do is when they get out, you hug them. Yeah. You hug your passenger, and they'll never know the difference. They'll just think that you're, you know, your relatives. Right. So you, that, let them a, on it before you get out of the car. Hey, I'm going to hug you. Exactly. And then shot. I came up with the the idea, uh, not instead of Uber driver, uh, Hoosier driver. There you go. And that would be for the people who have messy cars That's and it. beer oh. bottles in the back seat. Yeah, there you go. And crumbs and stuff like, and Good clothes. Yeah, feel so comfortable. You, right, and you so you right. and it's cheaper. And so you go and pick people up, and, then, and you get out of the car, and before they get in, you just push like a bunch of clothes and stuff, and all your stuff to the side and, and yeah. sit there. Perfect. So who's your driver? I'm, I'm on it, Taco man. Taco Bell graveyard in the back. <laughs> exactly. Enjoy that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Daniel. So, uh, I'm sorry, Bono. So you have yes, one more to yes. take us out with? You want to? Or are uh, we okay? Or am I... Uh, asking? No, you're not asking too much. Uh, yeah, we'll do a little bit more. Uh, just one more. I mean, and then, yeah. and then, uh, well, not a whole song, God forbid. <laughs> well, you can do whatever you no, want. No, no. This is yours. Big hit. You say you want diamonds on a ring of gold. You say. You want story to remain untold And all the promises we make From the cradle to the grave When all I want is you To come to the Del Mar Hall <laughs> December 14th. We'll see you there. Love it, brother. Jamie Allman. 
Daniel Burroughs, thanks. Radio for, Free All Men. Thanks, brother. And it's Burrow or Burrow? Burrow. Burrow, okay. B U R R O O. But no, B U R R O W. There it is. Like right, a donkey brother. or a hole in the ground. You're the best, man. Great to meet you. That. And good luck. Great to meet you, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> I hope you can come out. Oh, definitely, buddy. I'm, I'm, if not this time, another it. time. Actually. Yeah. 21st, Johnny's West, if you don't make the 14th. Okay. Johnny's West, which hey. is the old Dorset Inn. I think I'm going to try to do the 14th. There you go. Brandy, you thanks so much, oh, dear. Thanks. Take care. Oh, See you later. And as you guys leave, I'm, I'm going to give you a little treat. Since you don't have your headphones on, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little treat as you guys yeah, are walking we'll out. So right you'll hear it in the, in the, in the outside there. Oh, I'm going I'm to give you some I Know What I Like, man. Yeah. This is, this is and, and I can't wait for your project, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be... Alright, brother. It's one o'clock and time for lunch. See you, man. When the sun beats down and I lie on the bench, I, I can, can always hear them talk. Come on, people! There's always been a head blow. Take a wake up, we got to tidy your room now. Woo! You know, you can play this. Daniel can drum this one. This is the time that he was out of his I could probably just come out with. I could probably dump out with some YouTube, but I thought since Daniel's got that project going, and it'll be a good one. Just like this, YouTube hype is a great one too. You guys uh, enjoyed that because I really hella enjoyed that conversation and that interaction because. Uh, Great personality. Brandy, thank you so much for turning me on to these guys. And Daniel, thanks for coming in and spending as much time as you did. And uh, that's one of the great things about Radio Free Almond, too, is we have time for this kind of stuff. And at the same time, we have uh, all of the uh, sponsors and back, and they get, they get all the love at the same time. So, you know, you can fit it in. So that's the part of Radio Free Almond. Whenever Matt comes in, I'm always afraid they've turned me off, but they haven't. Facebook's too, they're too stupid to, they don't, they don't even know what this is. They're, they're like looking for Dion Warwick songs and Kiss songs or something like that. Or, heaven forbid, I play the fifth dimension or something like that, but they're like, wait, what is this? What is, we don't have any, we don't have algorithms for this. What is this? Genesis, man. I was 10 years old when this album came out, and I think I was listening to it by the time I was 12. These are the days, man. <laughs> Can't wait for that band. Wind and Wuthering. These guys were just so deep. So good. Peter Graber was a freak. You don't know what you the thing beats down. And I lie on the bench. I can always hear them I'm just, I'm just a lawnmower. You can tell me by the way I walk. That's right, Peter. 
we know all about it, brother. Oh, he'd go on stage with all this makeup on, and he is nuts. I still love Peter Gabriel. I love a lot of his individual stuff. And Phil Collins, of course, is great. So, Kind of semi-talking over this is just in case Facebook actually has a remote clue. I guess I better check and see if anything's happened during this last hour that I need to tell you about. You know. So this all day long, baby. Oh, they have the uh, the Golden Globes are out. The Golden Globe nominations are out. And uh, they've got... Uh, Let's see what's let's see what's up for the latest in the Golden Globe nominations. Uh, best motion picture drama. I don't really know. Are the Golden Globes that big of a Hi. First of the fifth? Fifth of the first? It's another beautiful instrument I always wanted to play as a piano. I love music. Music's such a mystery to me. The the people who play it are always just I'm so amazed by people who play music so best motion picture drama Black Panther Black Klansman instead of see that Bohemian Rhapsody I get that If Beale Street Could Talk and A Star Is Born oh this is going to make this is going to make Madonna really mad Lady Gaga has been Nominated for Best Actress in Motion Picture Drama. And she and Madonna hate each other. Madonna thinks Lady Gaga steals from her. I don't know. I think Lady Gaga is fascinating. I heard her interviewed on Howard Stern. I, I, had to, I, sat in a, I sat in a parking lot for an hour listening to that interview. Never knew much about Lady Gaga until uh, I heard that interview and it was really good. Stern's a really good interview. If you can, if you get past the poop and the pee and the Sibian and all that kind of stuff, stuff you can listen to his uh, interviews. He's pretty good. Uh, Glenn Close, the wife, Nicole Kidman, Destroyer, Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me? And Rosamund Pike, Private War, Lady Gaga, Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Bradley Cooper, A Star Is Born. Surprised they remade a Star Is Born and, and they're getting nominated like that. That's pretty crazy. I, I hear a Star Is Born is a good is a good one. William Defoe at Attorney's Great. Well, that, I'm glad he's still around. Lucas Hedges, Boy Erased, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and John David Washington for Black Klansman. Thank you, Peter. Do this. I mean, you know, you don't get, you don't get, not many people get away with singing about cancer growths. Genesis does. Here we go. Here's a best, uh, best motion picture musical or comedy. Crazy Rich Agents, The Favorite, Green Book, Mary Poppins Returns, and Vice. Vice apparently got a ton of nominations. Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, Emily Blunt, Mary Poppins Returns. Are you guys interested in this stuff? Best Actor in Motion Picture, Supporting Role, Best Actor in Role. Yeah, boom. 
Dang. Best motion picture foreign language. Yeah. And best director, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, uh, Spike Lee for Black Klansmen. So that's all the Golden Globes. And they're usually just like a precursor for uh, what else is going on. I really, I have had, um, and I'll get past this, but I had I had actually some trouble getting past the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga um, duet. Because I, I, I don't know whether it's just because I've heard it a million, trillion times or what. But he he actually uh, Sasha Baron Cohen actually got a best actor in a comedy that who is America. So there you go. Anyway, been a fun day. Uh, we covered all the bases. I mean, hell, we had Jim Carafano on and Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. We covered the abhorrent behavior of Hillary at this funeral and the Flynn case and everything else. So. We, uh, we we did it all, and I appreciate you guys uh, checking out and hanging with us. That is for sure. And again, don't forget, it's at Del Mar Hall. It is uh, next Friday, December 14th. It is U2 Hype and Murmur, which is a REM tribute band, and Daniel and the gang will be there. And I'm hoping to go. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, you know, so if I, if I can, I'm going to go. That If I'm not doing anything that night, I'm, I'm going, so... All right, thank you to Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD, goldenoaklending.com. Two months of float when it comes to your mortgage payments comes in handy for Christmas, doesn't it? So you uh, go ahead and get your mortgage checkup. You get a free appraisal when you mention my name, and then two months of free float. No no problem when it comes to uh, not having to pay a mortgage payment until February, so that's pretty cool. Thank you to Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. Michael, 45 years in the biz. Started when he was 24, 23. Went out on his own. He's your interior designer. He is your procurer of all the great hardware and all the, any material you need to make your window treatments fashionable. He can do it. He's got his mobile design unit. Seven days a week, he'll come to your crib and make it happen for you. You don't have to go anywhere. Nor do you have to pay an interior designer because he is one. So, Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Also, Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855 Quote Me. Low premiums and low deductibles all at the same dang time, y'all. On your auto, home, and even life. Let him review what you have already and he'll tear it up for you and get you down the road for. Saving money. Brandy said she saved like 400 bucks a year or something like that. Or was it a month? I don't know. She hit uh, Matthew up, 855-QUOTE-ME. Then, Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road. You're going to check it out. Yes, indeed, everybody. Good morning, this morning. I'll see you there in the evening time. It's cozy, warm, festive. Santino Cigars and Cocktails. And you know what? If you... If you mention my name, you get a free cigar down there. Largest humidor and a, and, a, and a great exhaust system, so not everybody's like smelling like smoke when they're leaving there. And you're gonna love it. 180 different kinds of uh, spirits, 84 different kinds of craft beers. You name it, you got it, people. At Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Thank you, Tracy Ellis and Rick. 
TracyEllis.com. Thank you, Eric Naputi, Naputi Wellness, NaputiWellness.com. Thank you to Ricky Hall. I was just over there the other day, yesterday, in fact, picking up some new supplies. NHQ.rocks, Nutrition HQ. Just mention my name and you walk in there, he'll set you up. Manchester and McKnight, Rock Hill, NHQ.rocks. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.